World Cup statues, Zampa not conceding twos. Matthew Hayden, Justin Langer, up to Stadium Hill. Robelinda, copyright, ditch the keep, get it right. Angelo, Matthews, blowing up deluxe. Steve Smith, vertigo, golf carts, the big show. Air pollution, no pollution, Afghanistan wants to go. Saudi, IPL, how much will they try and sell? Cole, Leeton, Dulka, what's the difference? I can tell. Peza, we didn't start the fire. It's always burning since the world's been turning. But where do you want to start today? Because there's a fair bit going on. There's a fair bit yeah. going on. So much going on and so little going on at the same time, well, which paradoxically means. Yeah. Did I say paradoxically there? That's actually a <laughs> homage to uh, Matthew, Hay- Matthew Hayden's upcoming autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the sort of thing you might say. Uh, mm. What a... Stupid, stupid, silly, yeah. beautiful sport this is. Absurd. This I is mean, an absurd game. Like just to just to place yourself at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, when when it happened. Yes. When when the Angelo Matthews mm. Shakib Al Hassan moment happened. It was a real where were you? And I can be really clear, I was in bed. Same. Not watching it at all. No. We were texting. And I just had a quick squeeze at oldcricket.com.au. A little bit of pillow talk. Uh, just to see this, just to see what was occurring. Yeah. And I, I literally just saw, I said, Angelo Matthews timed out. Zero off zero. Zero off zero. <laughs> and I did one of the worst squiggly circles and just sent, completely interrupted what we were talking about on WhatsApp. I just sent it to you. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's just a bit like. Right, Holy oh. shit, that was a good crack. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. So, so, you know, what, so what, what, when, what, you, you, I mean, kick off. Here's what you don't want when you see this sort of thing and you tune to this show. You don't want sort of reasoned analysis like, well, it's in the laws of the game. No one, no one with any fucking sane brain just goes, well, I can see, I can see sort of both sides of that. No, it's deep and it's visceral. My first reaction is like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that, Shaqib? Come on, man. If you're not watching that and thinking like, come on, man. I don't understand your enjoyment of the sport, nay, life, generally speaking. Like, I, I just look at a guy, Angelo Matthews, who's about 93 years old in the shade. That matters. And he's come in. And he's come, he wasn't even playing in this World Cup. And he's mm. come in and he's Creaky walked out to bat and he's just standing there. He flicks his um, the chin strap, the chin strap snaps. And now it's like, well, we've got you here, mate. You're about to be fucked off hard. Yeah. But, you know, it's just so difficult because there's just such, there's just such a difference between what we as rational like to say, you know, genial humans would do mm-hmm. in Shakib's situation. Yeah. And the answer is you just let the guy get his helmet. Yeah. But there's the grade lens, <laughs> you know, and it's a very, very funny, valid lens, yeah. you yeah. know, and it's yeah. and, we, and we have to acknowledge it and we have to mm. delve into the sociology of it. Yep. I mean, I have seen that smirk across Shakib Al Hassan mm. on so many cricketers' faces. Yeah. And that and you know, it's provocative. It gets the people going. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that is you've got to acknowledge that a lot of people's energy source mm-hmm. 
is driven by that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Okay? It's out, now, of, my, out of my hands. I can't say personally that that's me, right? right At least right. in cricket terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that might have been my undoing. Yeah. You can't sit here, though, as a Sydney test cricketer, mm-hmm. 2001, 2009 inclusive. Yeah, the best era. Yeah, and, and sit here with, <laughs> with some fucking earphones over your, over your ears in 2023. Right. Pontificating on him being a coat because that was – that was coat deluxe. Like that, that, is, that is zenith coat behavior. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? That's top like tier. Top tier. Top tier. And you know, honor honor the game yeah. that permits him the chance to do that. Sure, sure, sure. It, not a game of rules. Yeah. A game of laws. Laws. Okay. Now yeah, okay. why don't we step back a second? Because I did something quite autistic this morning, having okay. not watched the game. Okay. I turned on Kaya. Yeah. And uh the full replay. And, yeah, okay. scro- and 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 scrolled to it. Yeah, okay. And took a few notes myself. Okay, right. Okay. So for those okay. who somehow missed this, Angelo Matthews got timed out yep. uh, for Sri Lanka playing against Bangladesh. Uh, was four for. He came in. Uh, took a bit of time. There was a commotion. The whole thing went for seven minutes and seventeen seconds. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, he was out. So. Samara Wickrama is out, right? right? He, um, he he lofts one to maybe forward square cow. Uh, makes it like three for 120 or something like that? Four. four uh, sorry, four. It makes four. it four. Four for 120. Uh, and it's not as though there had been – you start asking yourself some questions. Like, had there been a couple of wickets in a row? Was um, – as, as uh, Matthew's predecessor in many mm-hmm. ways, Arjuna Ranatunga was wont to do. Yeah. Did he want to take a bit of sting out of the game by taking some time to get to the crease? Not really, no. It was a decent partnership. It was, was just in. Was he taking a shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing Options. like that. So. Yeah. Um, for the moment, Samara Wickrama, I'm, sitting, I'm just sitting at home with my laptop, normal guy. Yeah, uh, pants around the ankles. Um, well, my children are <laughs> in the room, so no. Okay, good. Um, but um, yeah, like uh, I've, I'm sitting there with my laptop yep. and I've got my phone and my stopwatch. <laughs> Very revealing. This is what this came of us, right? Now... Yeah. Now, from the moment Samaruk Rama is out, <laughs> as in the catch is taken, to the moment Matthews leaves the field, uh, conceding the you know the, the umpire's decision. Yes. Uh, it takes seven minutes seventeen seconds. Right. Now, what happens in between is just sensational <laughs> poetry, right? Um, he gets out. I start the timer. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I get the stopwatch going. Yep. Now, um, he, um, Matthews crosses Samaruk Rama. After one minute, eight seconds onto the field. Samara Graham is just exiting the field of play, just stepping over. That's when Matthews comes on. Everything's above board at this point. Matthews is wearing his helmet. He's got his whole kit. So he's not walking out to um, to bat holding his lid and he hasn't hasn't figured it out. Doing his pads up or something. Tying his laces. Um, So he walks out at 1.08. Now, where are my notes here? (laughs) Um, In the meantime... Uh, the TV is showing replays of uh, like a slow motion replay of a father's son in a wonderful moment after the previous dismissal where the son who is wearing a Sri Lankan jersey cheers uh, the uh, the dismissal of his own batsman and goes to high five his dad because he doesn't actually understand what's going on. Dad's actually getting a little bit upset about that. So just a little bit of byplay nice, within like that, that as well, which is nice. Just, just again, things that cricket offer you. Yep. Now, um, at one minute 50... Uh, remembering now that under the ICC playing conditions, you have two minutes to be ready to face that ball. MCC is yes. three minutes. Yes, of course. Right? Yes. Of course. Yes, the ICC, the Angelo Matthews crosses himself at one minute 50. 
And then at 1 minute 55, who and he appears ready to take guard, goes to adjust his strap. Yes. Um, pulls his strap down and you can just see, before the camera pans away to another replay of the dismissal, mm. you can just see that he's just had an issue. Yeah. Right? And so you don't actually see at that moment what takes place. Now, it's important, that I think, that like at you note that at one, like he's pretty much ready at 1.55 to go. He goes to take the strap down. People have been saying as the spin commences on mm. all of this that he wasn't ready anyway, irrespective of the strap. He was already timed out. Incorrect. That's yeah, the, wrong. The fourth umpire at the, at the break said that. That's it's, wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. Uh, I, I, I back my stopwatch. <laughs> <laughs> and the hundreds of Polaroids of that woman you've been stalking. <laughs> Woman. With, with, <laughs> with maps and, and, and red strings <laughs> circling the area. Yep, don't, don't forget the dungeon. <laughs> don't forget my Ponting and Warren jerseys. That's, that's, that's right. <laughs> that are sitting over dolls. <laughs> Turn them over, go Turn to them work. over, go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, now, the anatomy of being timed out, which has never happened in international career before. First time. Um this is where it gets interesting for me. Okay. Right? Like, can we step through this and then go into the analysis, you know, like the sociology? Yeah. If you're Angelo Matthews, you've got to remember context here. Angelo Matthews, Shakib Al-Hassan have been playing against each other since under-19s. Yes. Um, it's two of the most experienced coats knocking around right. Asian cricket, yep. and that's awesome, yep. by the way. Yep. Um, Shakib formed the Lux. Angelo Matthews, been around the block. Yeah. Right? Uh, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Good rivalry. Uh, go as far to say hate each other. It's um, the uh, Nagan dance thing. The old Nagan yeah, dance, yeah, uh, yeah, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. Another red string. And um, <laughs> for me, issues begin at one fifty-five when 1 minute 55 when he breaks the strap. Mm. It's at that point when Angelo Matthews presumably takes of his own volition the right to go and get the helmet. And that's what pisses Shakib Al-Hassan off. Right. So if you're if you're Angelo Matthews at one fifty five, your helmet breaks. Uh, at this point in time, no one's thinking about him being timed out. That's about the amount of time guys take to get out there. He's yeah. not he's not already pissing guys off. Yeah. It's it's the strap bit. Now at that moment in time, I believe that Matthew. Yeah. What the fuck is at, at that moment in time? I Matthews. Fucking hate this sport. Exactly. This is the dumbest sport in the world. Matthews takes his own leave. This right. is the issue. Okay. Matthews doesn't say anything to the umpire or to the bowler like. I've fucked my helmet here, boys. Yeah. Now, I would hazard a guess. I'm putting words in your own mouth here. Sure. If, the, if you'd fucked your helmet in that situation, yeah. you're informing the umpire and the bowler, not because you're some kind of cricket law nonce and you know you've got to do that. <clears throat> it's it's just quite a natural thing to be like, yeah. boys, I've fucked this. Ah, fuck, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, but he doesn't. He decides, he just calls for his own helmet mm. and just holds the game up again. And I can understand in that moment, mm. this is like a car crash. A car crash, they generally, you know, generally speaking, um, there are exceptions. But in a car crash, like, you just need a couple of people to fuck up at the same time. Right, okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so you go to a couple of people to be, to be ultimate coats at that moment, make yep. a mistake. Sure, sure, now, sure. Now, what Angelo Matthews has done is, is poked the biggest coat in international cricket, mm-hmm. like poked that bear. That, mm-hmm. is, that is fucking ballsy. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah, and Shakib's like he's sort of three strikes policy. He's already kicked the stumps over twice exactly. in his career. Yeah, has been has has been known to sort of question up high decisions. But like, but when it comes to the position where Murray Erasmus says a couple of times, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, this is out of my hands. I accept your decision." Let let me let me make <laughs> now. I'm, I, 
I listened to Angela Matthews, <laughs> Angela Matthews in the press conference and I thought he made some cogent uh, points. But, um, yeah. Like, let me make an argument uh, for Shakib Al Hassan here. Okay. At, at, at 155 when the strap goes, when the strap goes and um, okay. Angelo Matthews goes to get his helmet. Yeah. And you're Shakib Al Hassan. You are the one, one of the most experienced, if not the most experienced, World Cup player ever. Mm. Big history of being Cote Deluxe. Yes. He'll take any <clears throat> opportunistic, uh, you know, sort of, I guess, chance that, ta- that, that presents itself to you. He, he'd be. He'd be in a team of world-class coats. He'd be the captain. Like yeah. a, a history of absolute coterie. And it's that's the whole other prism of this. It's like, what's the law and then what's the, like, who's the good bloke? And most mm. people are interested in, like, what's he like as a bloke? Well, now, you've got to understand, <laughs> Shakib al-Hassan doesn't care what you think about him. Yeah, that's It doesn't that's matter. Important. That's important. He He... He probably prides himself on being a coach. You have to see that. I've seen that smile so many times yeah. across cricket. Mm. Like it, 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 that's a that's a right. He's mm. entitled to be a coach, and I'll defend his right to be a coach forever. <laughs> I think it's abominable, yeah. but he's entitled to be a coach. Sure, of course, yeah, yeah. Now, sport needs villains. If you're like a Shaka Yabal Hassan, you like villains. you could say, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he might be like striking a blow for the notion that seems to be creeping into cricket more and more and more that that the ground is the sole domain of the batter, that the batter gets to do whatever the fuck they want on mm-hmm. the field and everybody waits for them. I want some gloves. I want yeah. a towel. Yeah. I'll take guard whenever I want. Yeah. I'm Vera, I'm going to pick up the ball and start bouncing it on my fucking yeah. bat. Yep. You know? Yep. And people's going, no, I've had enough of this shit. I'm here too. I'm here t- exactly. I can't fucking breathe in Delhi. Yeah. You know? You know? Uh, how many times have like batters have have fielders and bowlers had to wait mm. for batters? Now that that's the that's the only wind up that Shakib Al Hassan needs yeah. before engaging in you know guerrilla warfare to strike a blowback <laughs> for the bowlers and the fielders who are sick of batters <laughs> thinking it's their own fucking domain. Yeah, you know. Now that's the argument for Shakib Al Hassan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, you could go like, oh yeah, just get a new helmet. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but then, you know, then they, then you get into the whole like, well, you know, they, he's taking his time. Then we're going to have to actually make up that time in the field. We might have to play with four out in the last couple of overs. You See, know, you make a very interesting point to mm-hmm. to me because like because because I'm I'm looking at this whole scenario mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm just a guy who lives his life where sometimes you can just like catch a ball and then like and then maybe maybe it goes on the ground but you've caught it. You know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a guy that can just observe things. And be like, ah, that's mm-hmm. you know, fair uh, crack crack on. You know, yeah. guys. Um, snaps his strap and it's like, mate, just get a new one. for yeah. it. But if we're all going to revel and uh, and wrestle with the laws of the game, mm. swim around in the swamp oh, yeah. that is mm. cricket mm. as, a, as a sport. The confluence of laws and morality. Right, exactly. If we, across if we, cultures. If we're going to engage in this, we're going to be fucking two guys in Melbourne with mm. a couple of headphones on just yeah. talking shit to each other. Yeah. Then we have to we have to also embrace the shithousery yeah. of um, morality and law yeah. and the confluence of such. Yes. So I take your point. Yeah, yeah. respecting. Can, can I can I actually sit here on some sort of high ground, and be like, mate, just get a helmet, yeah. or should we actually really engage with the how fucking dumb this sport is and be like, I mean, is there stop. a last time I checked? There's no law against shithousery. <laughs> there's you know there's like um, I'd be interested there's, if there was there's Guardian editorials against it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
I just wouldn't have done what Chucky Valasan did, <laughs> yeah. you know? And any normal person <laughs> wouldn't have done that. And watching his face was <laughs> yeah. really funny. Yeah. Uh, also, Moraine Rasmus sort of found it funny as well. He was like, oh, yeah, oh, he okay. was like, he's like, he's like, oh, you, you've gone here, yeah. have you? Yeah. Because yeah. I asked him twice. He's yeah. like, are you sure? Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, no, no, no. Are you sure? Yep. Yeah. These things are out of my hands. Uh, I note that, like, uh, Angelo Matthews described it as an equipment malfunction. Um I do think those things happen. I don't think he's like come out and gone, oh, let's just try and fuck this up to, to take to take up more time and to wind Sharky Balhassan up or something like that. Uh, like people are like, oh, well, you, well, you, you're like, people are like, well, you know, you, you, you need to check your equipment to make sure it's ready. I mean, like a strap can break. Like you just can't. You know, it's like, oh, well, you, you weren't on, on the ball. I mean, it's not a the, fucking aircraft. The other thing, <laughs> I, the thing I hate ground stuff, like checking the equipment. Mate, one of the things I really. Like I don't, I really battle with this, mate. You know? yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on in the world, but I yeah. really battle with Up this, sort of this discourse. Yeah. Tossing and turning, <laughs> not in that order. <laughs> <laughs> um, like when you know, law nonsery. Like um, yeah, a yeah. real opportunity for like um, headphone wearing podcast nonces to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. become tough guys about the enforcement of the law. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When you just wouldn't actually do the same thing in your own shoes on the field. Yeah. So like. Yeah. I just wouldn't like with with Shakib Al Hassan. If I was a Bangladeshi captain, yes. uh, you know, with ev- taking everything into account, of course, as, as I do, yes. yeah, you yeah. know, for my friends, yeah. and, um, Ge- geopolitical factors, geopolitical factors, yes. the rivalry, um, socioeconomic issues, e- exactly, yes. um, them being absolutely terrible this World Cup and really needing a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and bang- Matthews aver- averaging <clears throat> sixty eight against mm-hmm. them, it's yeah. a chance for a, for a wicket. A Bangladeshi company um, hacking into um, Roy Blinder's um, YouTube, uh, t- that's uh, right, yeah, yeah. copyright, yeah, that's and right, and then being hacked, yeah, goes the other way. So these are all factors you're thinking about when he's on the field yeah i'm i'm probably letting him get a helmet <laughs> yeah just probably doing that yeah uh i reckon m- most most international cricketers are doing that mm. now here's someone i want to throw at you okay uh <laughs> what about what about just wrestling just wrestling with this okay what about the the english um online warriors mm-hmm. who will seek to conflate this with um, yeah. another no advantage mm. dismissal mm. that we have been speaking about. Do yeah. you think there is a comparison? If you believe that Bearstow yeah. was out, are you bound to also say Shakib Al Hassan is out, or is there a way? Is there a world mm. where you can go? Shakib's a coat. He shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, Bearstow though, pack him. Well, unfortunately, we live in a binary world where yes. you have to pick a side, side and then you have to stick with that mm. side and fight to the death yeah. over that position and yeah. never change your um, ideologies. Yeah. Um, so, of course, they are completely separate things, um, but, you know, we have to pick a side. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's just exactly. the way it is. Um, all right. Uh, so that happened. Um, so on the show, uh, <laughs> you, you could have probably, probably would have already seen, we will be speaking to Rob Moody, a.k.a. Robelinda 2. Uh, Ali oh. Martin's also on the show in India uh, to give us an update from over there. Uh, but um, before then, Pez, uh, I want to give a shout-out to our live shows that are now on sale for the Australian tour of the summer 23-24. <clears throat> um, our dates have been announced. You can go to our website, greatcricketer.com, and you can go to the live show tabs there, uh, the live show tab there. So the dates are Adelaide, December 14. Uh, there's only about 100 tickets left there, by the way, for that. Uh, Melbourne is on December 20 at the Forum. As of right now, there are nine tickets available for, for the Forum. So by the time I listen to this, it may already be gone, but you can try if you want to get yourself a ticket. <clears throat> Sydney, January 2. Brisbane, January 3. Fremantle, 
January 4, four free mats. I just checked before, there's, there's about 30 tickets left there as well. So you go to greycricketer.com, go to the live show tab there. That's how you use the internet. And please do join us. The, the tickets for most of those shows are almost already gone. So please do uh, take heed with this um, with this warning uh, and uh, get there ASAP because you don't want to be disappointed. I realize these shows are a little way away yet, but um, there are not many tickets left for these shows. So please do jump along, bring a friend, bring a mate, enjoy the festive season with us. Uh, and uh, it's going to be an absolute riot. We're so excited to do these shows. There's obviously an announcement already on our uh, on our socials, also on this feed that you listen to right now on the on the free feed um, for those live show dates, which released on Friday, I think it was Thursday or Friday last week. So, um, so so please do come along and join us and see us on stage. Uh, it's an absolute riot. So uh, so yeah. Uh, also, support for this show comes from our dear patrons. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Great Cricketer. We're doing the audio. We're doing reviews uh, for every India, Pakistan, England, and Australia game in the World Cup. Obviously, hashtag Ask TGC Fridays as well. Uh, record numbers for our uh, for record, our Patreon yeah. subscription. Uh, well, the peasant also all those people got uh, early access to the live show tickets as well, of which they took about half of them. So mm. um, so that's uh, that's that's pretty good. Uh, anyway, yeah. So if you want to join us and and uh, and support us and uh, and join the community, Patreon.com forward slash Great Cricketer. Um, We'll speak to Rob in a second uh, because that's sort of the second biggest story now in the week. It's amazing mm-hmm. how these things uh, move along. But uh, before then, let's give another shout out to the Archie Gray charity game. Pers. Yeah, heaps of people getting around this, which is awesome. Um, Manly Warringah will be taking on the Western Suburbs uh, cricket team in a celebrity charity match to honour the late Archie Gray, who um, who died of brain cancer last year, aged just 17. Uh, something really close to our hearts here at TGC, and we want to shout it out all the way through to the gang. Uh, heaps of people have been in touch already to take out sponsorships with us, which is awesome. You can get in touch at hello at gradecricketer.com to support this game. Uh, I think I mentioned last week a whole bunch of uh, celebrities can be playing this game. I'm pretty sure it's going to be on KO uh, and it all, all money raised goes to a really good cause. Um, the other thing is you can actually go to the game itself. It's at Pratton Park uh, on Wednesday, 15 November. So that's in eight days time as we go to air. Starts at 5.30pm, finishes at 9.30. So uh, yeah, if you if you want to help sponsor that, um, hello at gradecricketer.com or um, you can raise funds via a GoFundMe that we'll put in the show notes, um, remembering that between you and I, he goes as well. Um, yep. All money raised goes to the Mark Hughes uh, Brain Cancer Foundation. So, uh, yeah, what Mark Hughes Foundation, raising awareness for brain cancer, um, Archie, life cut really short at 17, apparently a gun cricketer um, and uh, was making his way up the grade. He was in twos uh, at age 17, so... Um, just want to get behind that as much as we can. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> Rob Moody um, is, is coming up right now. So uh, do we need to set this up with what's happened with Rob? I think a lot of people would be listening to this are already aware with what happened with Rob. His YouTube channel was was taken down uh, mm. by YouTube. It was apparently uh, a Bangladeshi company had like sent a whole bunch of copyright strikes against them. This, this Bangladesh company seemed to have about 50 videos on their channel. Not really sure the validity of such. <clears throat> a lot of people got in touch with us uh, about this as well. And uh, so we thought we'd go and speak to Rob, um, which we can do right now. But of course, this interview is brought to you by Shane Watson's Winning the Inner Battle. You can get that at shanewatson.com. AU. There are uh, options for paperback, audiobook, or an ebook. All good options. We've spoken about this every single week for the last, well, many weeks, but uh, with reviews from Ponting, Faf Duplessis, and indeed Brett Lee, uh, or as I call him, Shane Lee's brother, uh, giving rage reviews. Uh, rave and also rage reviews. Uh, mm. re- reviews for the ABC music program Rage. <laughs> it's a separate job. Rage. Scott. <laughs> 
<laughs> didn't see it coming, but I suppose he is a um, he is a musician, isn't he? In bringing, his own right, bringing the best version of you to cricket, winning the inner battle. That's from Shane Watson at shanewatson.au. Paperback, audiobook, or ebook. Those are your options. Get it there. Get it right now. Here he is right now. Here is Robelinda too. Okay, we're walking among giants when we speak with this man. Uh, his important gratis archival work has brought millions of people happiness for well over a decade. Uh, in another week where the spirit of cricket has reared its head, um, it's saying something that administrations and media conglomerates the world over have collectively permitted the GOAT Robelinda too to publish cricket content from his channel. But that changed recently in the last week when it seems an avalanche of complaints from a frankly shadowy company uh, has led to the removal of this great institution. We wanted to find out about it. A lot of people have written to us about it. People want answers. People want action. Uh, so here with us to walk through it is the man himself, Rob Moody, or as you stipulated a couple of years ago on this channel, the uh, owner of the YouTube channel, Robelinda2. Welcome. Formerly owner of Robelinda2. Well, let's discuss. <laughs> let's discuss, Rob. Uh, firstly, hmm. privileged to have you here. Let's speak like normal people. Um, how are you? Uh, how has this uh, How has this been? I know you're a veteran of people trying to take down this channel. Um, what are your reflections? How, how are you emotionally? Um. I don't know, it's kind of weird. You know, for years I've thought about what would happen uh, once it got to sort of the five or six year mark and and I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be weird if it gets shut down. And there's several times where I thought it was going to, but uh, it didn't. And so I really thought it was going to happen now uh, because uh, no one has been, no single entity or board has taken down so many videos. So... Uh, I, I thought this is probably going to be be the one, but it was it was still yeah, I was still shocked when it happened. It was just pressing the bookmark for my channel, and it was like, oh, this is gone. It's like, oh my god, it's happened! It's actually happened <laughs> for real. So it's pretty weird. Um, can you give us a, a, a timeline, Rob, the last sort of uh, week, if it's, if it's even, no, it hasn't been that long, like last few days from your perspective of how you first got notified and, and what's happened in the last sort of few days? Yeah, well, I just got a couple of uh, Bangladesh videos taken down from the 2006 tour and uh, I didn't really take much notice, but they were, but they were both copyright strikes and I was like, oh, geez. And usually, I haven't had many strikes for years because usually when there's a problem, I usually uh, I usually get an email and it, it would say, hey, this video is in breach of our new copyright, some new uh, 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 some new company that's in partnership with some other new company and they've bought some rights from some other company and all of a sudden this video and, and they, usually, they usually give you the chance to terminate it first which is how it always goes. And so that's fine. I just go, yep, thanks. That's what we want, communication, right? And usually I'll either unlist it or make a private or just delete it. And, you know, it's probably happened to say 100, 100 videos over, over the decade or so. But these two got taken down. And then uh, and then I, then someone said, oh, this, this company's been putting uh, 
commenting on the videos. I said, oh, I don't check the comments because there's thousands a day. I said, why wouldn't they contact me direct? And then, um, so I, 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 next thing I know, it's, it, it shut down. So I didn't really get much of a chance to do a proper investigation into which videos on the channel without any clear direction. You know, um, sometimes the cricket board will say, all right, you need everything from a certain year to a certain year that has to be gone and I'll do it. Um, but yeah, Bangladesh 2006, I'm like, how many videos can I possibly have from this crap series? <laughs> well, <laughs> hang on. Why would anyone care? Yeah. And I've, I've found a few, deleted some, well, that was the end of it. But obviously they found, a, they found a, another one that I didn't see. So gone. So Timed out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> again, done again. They've done it again. Going to respect it. Really. Yeah. It's very great cricket from Bangladesh. Yeah, but um, kind of ironic, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to get into the X's and O's of this a little bit, Rob, and reading between the lines of what you're saying. I mean, from our personal experience, uh, if you're a, a publisher of cricket content online and you use YouTube as a platform or you use social media as a platform. I know speaking personally, um, particularly in the past, it wasn't uncommon for us to transgress uh, rights holders, copyright over something, usually um, through ignorance more than anything, particularly early days, maybe using footage uh, that is owned by somebody else. And um, it just happens to be our experience. Sometimes it doesn't happen to others for some reason, but we always get an email, you know, whether it's from the ICC or Cricket Australia, ECB, uh, and it's usually polite, courteous, um, but firm saying, you don't own this, guys, take it yeah. down. Nobody wants a scene, you know, or anything like that, but just letting you know. And usually uh, you just take it down and you apologize or, or whatnot. Now, I mean, you're the goat of this whole thing. Um, the difference between, say, TGC and and you is that, like, you've never monetized what you've done. You've never even built a brand off the back of it. You've never created merchandise off the back of it. You, um, you haven't, you know, um, proactively appeared in media or anything like that. You have your own job and a normal life outside of it. So there's even less reason to need to protect it. Um, but what I'd be right in saying, reading between the lines, that, like, you've kept an open dialogue with administrations and media companies the whole time. You remove yep. videos when they ask you. What's the difference this time around? Has this organisation uh, behaved or conducted themselves more aggressively than others? Because you seem to have said that you've mm. deleted videos that they've asked you to delete, and yet they've persisted with, um, you know, like enforcing the full extent of the law on you. Yeah, from my point of view, it isn't like I'm saying that footage is mine. I was yeah. at the ground recording it. I've obviously, I've never said that. I'm an idiot. But uh, usually you, you get specific links. They literally send you an email through YouTube um, and uh, and it'll have these specific links. And you click on the link and you can either delete it or unlist it. I didn't get any official email. All I got was a uh, was them responding to someone else on a video and someone sent me the screenshot and I'm like, well, they're not even they're not even contacting me. They're just replying to someone else in a video. It just says, you know, I must, you know, uh, terminate all videos relating to Bangladesh 2006. So I'm, I'm like, oh, how many videos are there? And I, I was traveling at the time. I couldn't. I typed in Bangladesh into my channel, deleted four or five videos, and uh, and I'm not sure which ones they they wanted. So. There was the obvious ones like Jason Gillespie's 200 and 
and uh, one and uh, uh, the Gilchrist hundred, Ponting hundred. I thought, well, that's, that, but that, they were already terminated. <laughs> they already terminated those. So I'm like, well, how, how many more can there be? Can there be? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that was it. So they found one more that I didn't see. So that final one just got it over the got it over the the the, the amount of strikes that you. Yeah. Need so to. so if you you might be the owner of. Oh, sorry. You might publish thousands and thousands of videos. So let's say you have 1000 videos. If 999 are all approved, but one is wrong and you're on your third strike, you yeah. have all videos now, including unlisted videos, private videos, anything yeah. else you'd stored in that cloud. Correct. So it's annoying that the process wasn't as, as official as it usually was in the past, which is perfectly fine. You know, it's very rare that I just get a random strike where there's no communication. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so since then, Rob, who have you spoken to? I believe you've had some sort of contact with the ICC, maybe someone from CA as well. But who, who have you who have you spoken to that you can tell us about? Oh, oh once I knew it that it wasn't it wasn't them, and I, I already knew that anyway. Um, it was every, everyone else who was tagging ICC and Cricket Australia and BCCI in all the tweets. So. Uh, I I knew it wasn't any of those, so um, I, I didn't need any confirmation from any other cricket board that it was anything to do with with them. But uh, th- th- there's nothing that they can do, obviously, because it's purely a matter between uh, this seemingly shoddy operation that's come out of nowhere, uh, and I guess me. But uh, I don't really have any any communication with them, nor have they reached out. So. An organisation that doesn't seem to be mentioned that much here who probably does have power over this is Google uh, and YouTube. Um, it occurs to me that if, even if you um, have incorrectly um, published videos owned by this organisation pertaining to a series in 2006, that there's still heaps of other content on there that people would like to see. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it To my mind, the conversation should be with YouTube explaining the situation with a view to making the rest of the content available for the millions of people around the world who get so much from it. And that's, that's no, like, uh, I don't think it's any stretch to say that, that the content you provide has is so meaningful to people, um, from the most casual observer of the game to the nostalgia merchant, to the actual, to the legends of the game who love seeing themselves as well. Uh, have you heard from, YouTube or Google at all? Uh, no, um, I wouldn't expect to. Um, I can't even log into YouTube, so I've, I've got no 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 way to do anything. Um, uh, so yeah, just annoying, you know, because uh, there's heaps of videos I had yet to upload, which I've been working on, uh, uh, which are there I've uploaded, just made private. You know, like my the video I've been working on for a, a long time is that famous video. Of, Every David Boone cut shot in international cricket from start to finish, every single one. Oh man, right, that is great. <laughs> it's great. It's like that stuff has to get online. Yeah, Rob, was like, it? Are we? Are we sure this was actually Bangladesh, or was it Belinda to make you stop posting cricket videos on the internet? Was it? Are we? Are we sure it was Bangladesh? I did suspect. Belinda. I yeah. did suspect. Yeah. yeah. She's good. She's a bit hopeless with computers <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and she yells at it more than more, more than I do. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> that would, it would be funny. 
Uh, <laughs> but well, she was the one who told me because I didn't know. So uh, I, I was traveling when, uh, and she was like, oh, shit, things are going down. And I'm like, oh, what now? What bill's overdue or something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, she's like, mm, no. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, I am. Um, I don't, uh, again, trying to like um, intone the way you're talking about it, Rob, but I feel like I know to like a sense of resignation uh, about it all. I mean, online, I've uh, seen, you know, people all the way through to, you know, Channel 7 and and, and cricket journalists and, uh, and you know, global co- cricket commentariat um, refer to Roba Linda as kind of, now dead it's 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 over thanks for the memories yeah. uh i but maybe i'm naive or too optimistic but i'm like no the fight begins uh now but i mean i suppose it's worth asking you like where where's your head at with all of this like are, are you are you ready to fight to bring the channel back because it will be sitting somewhere it will it's, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. a case of it, it exists. it's a stroke of a key for yeah. youtube or google to make this available as every administration and media company to this point yeah. have permitted like but perhaps in your head after how have how long has it been 14 years 15 years perhaps in your head um albeit a strange way to go maybe you're like okay that's the phase of my life that i'm i'm done with well i haven't uploaded anything this year because i've been so busy and I, I, I thought i'd just take a break and just let the channel just sit there as a bit of an archive mm. and i watch it all the time yeah. <laughs> there's heaps of good content on there yeah. <laughs> i forget That's that awesome. i made some of the content because it, it, it's not just highlights it's random compilations and you know dumb stuff like that which uh, oh, the, the, edits, whole some of the edits are unbelievable oh. like i remember when there was some problem between shane warren and steve war then around his selfishness and you <laughs> uploaded every single steve war run out cut it together it was that's, one of, that's because one of them said to do it because <laughs> i said it to him but <laughs> i asked him sweet. to do it but <laughs> that was one of the best one of the best nights of drinking i've had with my friends just watch was, steve war's runouts that was mental because someone posted the stat on Twitter and yeah. I'm like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, man, that is, that's not right. I'm a massive fan of both, Shane Warren and Steve. Well, well, I thought, that's, that's wrong because I'm thinking of at least 20 in my head where, <laughs> where the other person has got run out and it was their fault. It wasn't Steve Warren's fault. And I thought, oh, man, I thought for about 10 minutes, I thought, I have to do this. Yeah. And, and like, the, the, the point is that there's some... Um, craft to what you've got yeah. up there rather than just simply ripping um highlights yeah. and publishing as well uh but yeah like i guess um before we just interrupted you talking about steve war you know, <laughs> do you do you want do you want the channel back of course i want it back that'd be awesome because there's still heaps heaps of cool stuff to do um but uh yeah obviously we'll just have to see what happens we'll see what uh, what i can do if I can do anything, and if if there's any sort of intervention that happens, then obviously uh, that'd be awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of thought it was safe by now. You know, this whole year I haven't done anything, and it's just been sitting there, just doing its job. I thought that's good. I can just relax. <laughs> then, at, it, I ironically, when I'm not trying to piss someone off, <laughs> something goes wrong. Yeah, he's saying there's been times where you have tried to piss people off, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the bait has been off the chart. So, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are the king of the title. Uh, yeah, yeah. And great. It's such great fun. Like, oh my God. Like, some of the private messages I've got from cricketers 
Yeah. It's been great. Solo made a public, like, thanks, Jeff Lawson. What was the, the subscriber count, Rob, uh, last time you saw it? Um, I think it was 1.2 million. Yeah. And it was a, a billion and something views. So, oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of, yeah, I kind of thought that it was a little bit safe now. Like yeah. at that, with it being so so old now, but hey, what do you know? Um, I just want to ask this really explicitly in case anybody who has genuine influence is listening. Like, has you and you don't have to say any names, but <laughs> have you received any um material like substantial help in re- relation to this? Has anybody been in touch with you who has said like leave this with me? Aside from us saying, well, email, we, we'll get in touch with YouTube. Uh, no, no one else has, 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 has said much uh, yet. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know who would do that. Well, can I, I mean, perhaps you would disagree, but um, there are like administrations globally and nationally and media companies globally, nationally uh, for over a decade who've come to the view that your work is worth leaving up there and have contacts with, you know, like one degree of separation for the most powerful people in the world who I think could speak to people who could flick that switch. Uh, and if any of them is listening, um, that they, they need to be smoked out to assist. W- would you agree with that or would you prefer someone else to like us to be saying that? Oh, I, it's bizarre from my perspective because I, I just, uh, I, I find it difficult to think that the channel is more than just, you know, a couple of dudes watching videos. <laughs> and so sometimes when I do get messages that are genuine, you know, and I get a stack of them, I I think, I just think, man, it's absolutely bizarre. I mean, it's, it's a YouTube channel, you know, it's like surely, you know, it's not that big a deal. But so, yeah, so it, it doesn't seem, doesn't seem like reality sometimes. So it's hard for me to think of it as more than literally what it is from my end, which is just grievous. Well, I, I just, just to be clear from my perspective, surely the ask is to YouTube and, you know, or Google, which, which is within Google and YouTube's within Google anyway, that if the, the like vast majority of your videos have been green lit by the content owners uh, implicitly for over 10 to 15 years, then those videos should be available to the the masses to continue watching. So if this um, company in question, which I know has been hacked and whose YouTube has now also been taken down and bombarded um, and, and his website has as well, if they have um, a, a valid copyright claim, fair enough. Let's just miss out on the 06 Bangladesh videos, Dizzy crying into his um, vegan yeah. spider with respect. Mm. Um, but but the the ask should be that the remainder of the videos, which have been greenlit, yeah, available for everybody else to watch again, and that those who can make that yeah. happen should come together to make that happen. And if you are listening to the show and you can assist with that, then you should help because millions of people want it. Yeah, I think that is an absolute flaw in the termination process uh, for anyone's channel, just mine. That if if you if when you get the three. And there's been plenty of other cricket YouTubers I've known over the years, heaps that have had their channels shut down, and that they've had no recourse. But I think when you when you when you do get that third one, 
um, you know, there should be an option. Just like when you when you use all your demerit points when you when you're driving, you know, you, you get the option. <laughs> you get the option of no license for a year, <laughs> or or the or the, the the three months or whatever it is. Um, well, maybe uh, you get, like, someone else could claim your points. Like we'll take a copyright strike. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is, this is what needs to happen. Yeah, exactly. Fucking take a bullet for Robley. Exactly. Too. Everyone should be taking a bullet for you, bro. Yeah. I know you're you're too humble to say it, which I think speaks to um your greatness you know i do i think that what you've done for the game is very uh important even though you're quick to kind of play it down and say listen we're just dudes watching videos but you know if the world's taught us anything since the internet lasted that's uh it's a pretty important <laughs> you know so um so yeah man that that from our perspective it's just a shout out to anybody who can assist to get that channel back um and uh, uh great to hear from you and that you know you're trying to do the same yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, just seeing what's going on, you know, just seeing who's who's saying what. Uh, every couple of hours, you know, uh, I'll get more information. And you know, like yesterday was was crazy how that that site got hacked. I didn't actually check the site, so I don't know, but uh, it all seemed pretty weird. But that that stuff doesn't ultimately help. It, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to magically uh, make this guy, you know, shit his pants and and retract, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's more disappointing that the process of actually getting terminated is just seemingly so easy that mm. uh, that YouTube should surely have a a a process in place when a channel is about to be shut down, regardless of how many subscribers or videos it has. That there's some there's you know someone reviews it surely yeah. <laughs> before going down. Do you, do you uh, sense it's been an automated process rather than um, a, a manual one where someone's decided, look, Robolinda 2, enough's enough? I think it, from my understanding, not having taken down a channel myself, <laughs> someone else's channel, I, I as far as as far as three videos get get reported and they don't look into those uh, those reported videos or review them, it, they just go down. So it's a miracle, really, like I said earlier, that the channel hasn't got shut down a decade ago because it could have easily happened so many times, but it didn't. So hence why I thought, oh, maybe there is a process there that I'm, I'm not aware of. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, timed out. If timed out. Just for, for now, for now. Uh, I for think now. the recall should be on. If you are in the halls of power, some kind of, you know, uh, ominous grease, if, you, if you've got the ear of uh, digital overlords, then uh, I think I think you should step up uh, for Robolin. Yeah. Dear Angelo, I I feel you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Rob, Robolinda three is going to be the fucking greatest comeback of all time. <laughs> Billion views. That's unbelievable. Well, someone actually made one uh, years ago. They made a three and a four and a five and a ten and a hundred. Um, but uh, they, uh, I, I haven't checked if they're there or not. But uh, yeah, especially early on, like people used to take, used to copy videos on other channels quite regularly in the early days. Right. And uh, but they they didn't last. I didn't report them or anything. So, <laughs> Rob Moody, aka Robolinda Two. We're going to stick with this, uh, and um, uh, that's it. Uh, we'll keep up the good fight, rage against the dying of the light, maintain the rage. All of those uh, saying, but seriously, <laughs> if, you, if you know someone at YouTube, just Get, get sorted get, out. Just sort it out. Seriously, let's get yeah. this channel back. Come, Come on, fucker. Yeah. Hey, Rob. Thanks very much for joining us. My absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thanks very much to Rob for giving us his time, uh, and uh, and hopefully we can uh, we can get around Rob and support him and uh, get that channel back up and running. 
Um, Odio, if, if that's what he wants to do, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I guess we'll have just found out, having <laughs> not spoken to him yet. <laughs> Let's talk about the Odio World Cup, uh, 25 minutes into the show, Pez, um, because that's the major tournament going on at the moment. Although, of course, the Sheffield Shield's also going on, so it's hard to mm. compare those two things. Um, Australia uh, have found themselves winning uh, five games in a row after being 0-2 after losing those first two games against India in Chennai and then South Africa in Lucknow, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, but then since then, they've won five on the bounce. They've just about secured themselves into a, uh, a semi-final position, that being in the top four of ten. Looks like the most likely scenario is that they'll play against South Africa. Um, and if there's anything that you m- want to do more in cricket than play against South Africa in a semi-final, well, then I'm not here. We're recording this on Tuesday, so this evening Australia takes on Afghanistan. So I'm, I'm asking you straight up, having not spoken to you about this off air, like, do you have any concerns Australia might be about to eat some shit yep. tonight? Uh, a little bit. I just looked at uh, Afghanistan's form. They've, they've won four of the last five games. They've, they've, uh, they've beaten some teams. One four those- spinners, Mumbai, should be a good deck to bat on, or, you know... I don't know. Call come in. Yeah. See, I'm using my IPL brain here. The one Katie mm. typically uh, a high scoring ground, um, but uh, but yeah, mm. I mean, I, I think there is there's there are worse places to play against Afghanistan. But I, I still have this thing in my head of Australian cricket. The the thing that I love about it the most is the sheer arrogance of it. Is Australia don't lose these games. Now look, they almost lost this game in the World Cup last year in Adelaide against Afghanistan, literally in their home country. Mm. So um, you know, these things can happen. Afghanistan, as we've learned, they're a very good team. In fact, they might be the best team in the whole tournament, according mm. to some people on the internet um so i think this is going to be a, a good game of cricket mm. but i'm i'm going to be shocked if australia lose because of the arrogant situation you know yeah I, in my head like I, I was more confident about beating pakistan uh, than afghanistan <laughs> which makes sense given <laughs> afghanistan is a better team uh, than pakistan of course. Uh, according to a lot of people on the internet of course um but the, the afghan boys are fired up you know, yeah. they're, they're fired yeah. up. Naveen's out there yes. uh, high, on, on Instagram yes. highlighting uh, Australian ethical hypocrisy. Yes, hypocrisies. Uh, and this is this is the Afghan boys' time. Um, yeah. Australia has a an Achilles heel against spin bowling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Afghans have one of the great spin attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Australians have uh, fallen off the back of golf carts. Yep. Um, Steve Smith's got vertigo. Steve Smith's got vertigo. Yeah. Uh, Okay, you're right. The one Katie is um, about as paradise. Who controls those decks? The ICC. Uh, so <laughs> that should remain the case. Yes. Uh, just uh, you know, just <clears throat> a just just a little you know, little little uh, squeaky bum there from me. I said before the tournament that Afghanistan have got no runs. You look at you mm. look at the stats of their who plays for them in the top mm. six, and there is there's no runs yeah. apart from their opening two out all out. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Unlike um, us, and then it's uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's right, that's right. And uh, <clears throat> and in the tournament, they've stood up, and uh, and many guys have won games for them. Mm. Not not just uh, not just Zadran opening the batting, or Rashid Khan hasn't mm. really had a, like a match winning performance with bat or ball so far. Mm. Are you um, saying you'd like to see them do it against our boy? I, I always think that. Well, yeah. I hope they don't. <laughs> I, think I don't, it's I don't, I don't want to say that. It's just a Starcase would come in scenario. Um, I think as well that it helps that uh, Adam Zampa is uh, is right up there for player of the tournament at the moment. Obviously, what India is doing and the amount of they they have. 15 players that are in the best form of their careers, perhaps, mm. uh, including the legacy guys. Um, so, you know, you'd have to put a few of them in the conversation. But Zamp- Zampa's tournament, including the game against England last uh, on Saturday night, was just, well, I, I, 
I'd go as far as say it's the best performance he's played for in Australia in a in a very story. He said so that far. basically. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, he and I would would agree with his performances. Yeah. Um, I'd agree with him just to um, <laughs> add a little bit of validity to his own comments about himself. <laughs> yeah. If he if he messaged after this and said, "Mate, that was one of your best podcasts," I'd say, "Shut the fuck up." You yeah. Got no take, fuck you idea. What you're talking and about. you don't know who the fuck I am. You, you, don't, you, you don't have a clue no. about my life. <laughs> Just saying you're fucking lame. <laughs> That's a separate issue. <clears throat> um, anyway, so um, well, are, are you are you concerned? Yeah, you got, you got uh, some worries. You got some worries in the heart. Um, well, why no, show no. some Australian arrogance? Feel arrogant yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. Uh, uh, no, I just want to feel something. Anything. Okay. I just okay. say. So okay. I'll just say anything. I'm yeah. a fucking empty vessel with no thoughts or my own feelings. Get into you know that last I mean? game against Bangladesh. That's what the algorithm does to you. You just end up, um, you know, working your your brain and your mind to just try and work the algorithm as much as possible. Sure. I'm a complete empty vessel. Of, I'm soulless, mate. <laughs> I don't know what I think about anything. <laughs> oh, Afghanistan might win. It's amazing that Australia find themselves in the position where, given that uh, what happened with South Africa um, against India, being bowled out for 83 after conceding 326 in the first innings uh, in Kolkata at Eden Gardens there, just feels like um, momentum shifted now and it's like, oh, is Australia the second best team in the tournament? But it's like, how? I mean, like, they've, they've barely had a fully fit side. In fact, if Steve Smith misses this game, which he may, if he's mm. got vertigo and he's um, been photographed lying on the ground after net sessions because mm. he can't see properly, uh, he might miss this game then. Yeah. I think that'd be fair to say. So then, uh, obviously, Marsh and Maxwell are back available, I think, for both these games. So then that question about Marnus missing out is probably less of a relevant idea. Cameron Green has said that he is unlikely to play because he doesn't feel like he's in the best uh, 11 players. Um, Stoin is fit again as well after his calf issue. So um, I don't know. What's 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 yeah, the team I, then? I, I actually can't um, get any real read on the Australian team and how they're going. Like, I feel like there's really mm. um, valid arguments that they've turned the corner. They've got momentum. They've posted 350-plus several times. Five wins The bowlers still do the job. Adam Zampa's um, in the conversation for the best player in the tournament so far. He's, he's in that running uh, yep. among a lot of Indian players. Yep. Uh, so there's a lot that's going well for it. Uh, and then on, on the other hand, um, you know, like that they, they just staved off New Zealand chasing 400. Yeah. Um, they, you know, England, the cellar dwellers went toe-to-toe with them. Uh, like yeah, they, yeah, I mean, yeah. that England game, for example, uh, yeah, I can't yeah. – like, was that low-key a really good win for Australia to actually do that, having cool. lost Maxwell and Marsh in the circumstances mm. they did? The two guys who came in who previously hadn't really contributed a lot. It was a few question marks over whether they w- were holding their own – or carrying mm. their own weight. Um, Stoinis been pretty good with the ball in the field, hadn't done a lot with the bat, coming back from a calf – uh, a dummy half does well. Yep. Cameron Green, very important innings with the bat, forty-seven, having not done much with the blade yep. for Australia. Uh, is is that you know against an England side that were pretty keen to restore some pride? Blah 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 blah. Mm. Or is it like mm, England's fucking one and a half feet on the plane? Don't give a shit. And uh, yeah. and it was kind of <clears throat> tallest dwarf stuff. Yeah, it's hard to know. Is that I mean, I, just the amount of uh, I, I still felt that Australia was going to lose that game just because there was a lot of um, a lot of uh, not. Uh, what, am, what am I trying to say? There was just um, – the England players in the press were being hammered, obviously, and there was a, the game before Australia mm. where they were due to be knocked out. They could have mm. been knocked out, and they were from that game. And there was still a lot of pride at stake here, but at the same time, like, fuck, they're broken, England. Yeah. Like, they're just unbelievably broken. Yeah. Like, um, David Willey has retired from international cricket mid-tournament because he hasn't got a contract. Um, yeah. which, Stoke- they t- which they decided to tell him about mid-tournament. <laughs> exactly. Um, Stokes is getting surgery after the tournament after having retired uh, from yeah. the format um, beforehand. Harry Brook, the best young player possibly in world cricket, uh, just can't get a game, just mm. can't get in, uh, despite being, I thought, decent. 
Um, Australia would have been happy not to see him. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and I guess uh, yeah, I feel really sad about Josh Butler. He scored like 100 runs, averaging 15 in the tournament. Fuck, I did not see that coming. I mean, he's played so much cricket in the Interesting India. Interesting article from player. Barney Rone this morning. I, oh, I didn't see it. it. I didn't just see just out, outlining how exhausted he would be, you know. It was like, okay, now do David Warner. <laughs> Why would Butler be exhausted? What's he done? Uh, he was just – Look, I'm paraphrasing now, but he was saying he, 17 of the last 26 months he's been overseas. Uh, and oh, that's Jesus. as opposed to um, Virat, for example, who, um, while he's played a lot of cricket, has done half of that time overseas, uh, yeah, been okay. at home and stuff like that. Okay, I, I just factored in because obviously Butler didn't play in the Ashes, so I would have thought he mm. had time off there. But, so, yeah. um, but you know, that's, that's still a shitload, shitload uh, of time but away He was just home. saying that you just cooked. And, like, it's, yeah. a, just, it's an unfashionable thing to say at the moment. It's much more fun to, you know, drive the nail in and say that they're, you know, um, weak cuck coats. Yeah. Uh, but um, the, the truth is heaps of guys are cooked. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's just the way cricket's going at the moment. That but you don't say that publicly. That narrative that they're shit just doesn't ring true to me at all. I mean, they, they were playing such good cricket against New Zealand before the tournament started. Um, they've actually they've fallen off a fall, cliff, like complete yeah. fall, and no nobody saw that coming, yeah. I mean, including the players. Mo and Ali mm. said like we didn't see this coming. Mm. I mean, if you surprised <laughs> if, you said, if you said like no, we we did actually <laughs> think this could happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I saw it coming a while off. I'm fucking cooked, mate. That's why I didn't want to play anymore. Mm. Come back for the tests. <laughs> Lol, get a two-two. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I guess everyone's playing for second at the moment because what what India's doing is just um is just scary good. I mean, we we've had the conversations on our. YouTube channel um, about, uh, you know, has a team dominated a World Cup like this before? You know, Australia's dominance of, you know, the dominance of winning 34 games in a row, winning three World Cups in a row was fantastic. And obviously they won heaps of games and they, lots of guys did really well, but like just the level um, of the margin of victory, like Australia were challenged often in those World Cups. Um, India have not been challenged at all in this World Cup. Mm. They've got all these guys that are in form. Um, they're obviously playing at home. The team that plays basically every World Cup uh, at home wins, uh, typically speaking. Um, so uh, it just looks absolutely imperious. Uh, and so a, little, a, little, a little too imperious. And by that I mean no conspiracy, as in it's so imperious Knockout games are like unfair. It's just unfair that they can get to that point. It's a great shout. But yeah, but that you know, Australia stretches its legs, stretches its arms. Oh, what do we, we got a final here? Do we? <laughs> I know finals. All of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, the Australian public starts watching. Yeah, we will win. This is the thing. That is the Australian arrogance. Said that on the YouTube yeah. show as well. It's like every ounce of rationality, statistic, yeah. can can point to. A, like um, processional in, you know, Indian victory. Yeah. Uh, when I turn the TV on, possibly saying more about me and our nation, <laughs> I'll be upset if we don't win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think India knows that as well. Yeah. Um, well, we still have to get past uh, the Afghans, but uh, I mean, just the the, the fever pitch mm. and the expectation of India in the moment. Mm. It just, I mean, there's just so many oh. things culturally coming together at the same time. But their cricket team, obviously, like their their looking glass to the world. Yeah. Th- fuck me, this is their moment. Yeah. And, oh, the, we're and that from, we're getting texts from guys privately, just going like, yeah. "There'll be fucking riots if they don't win." Like, yeah. like, like it'll. It's people are paying thousands for tickets. Like yeah. you, can, you can hear the din of the crowd. Yes. Like the, the India expects. Expects. Yeah. Yeah. It's very funny. But because uh, because now it's like okay, well, if they win, then. We expected, mm. and if they don't, fuck me. I mean, our views will go down deluxe, but it'd be very funny. It'd be very funny. I, I, I don't see it myself. I don't know how you see it. Like, uh, yeah, we, a guy on um, Twitter, John, 
Targarvan wrote to us and said, either we win the title in the most dominant manner of all time or we'll have India witness its greatest ever national trauma. There's no (laughs) (laughs) in-between. That that feels about right. Yeah. That does feel about right. Uh, In-between there, um, you know, South Africa's had a sensational tournament, but they got just absolutely blown away by India in in the game at um, Eden Gardens the other night. Um, New Zealand's obviously at the – they're currently fourth. They need to win their last game against Sri Lanka. Um, And then Pakistan playing their last game against England on the weekend. They need to win that game by uh, a huge margin of victory to then jump – New Zealand on net run rate. So those things are possible. If it's an India-Pakistan semi-final, that game would have to be played in Kolkata because the Pakistan side aren't allowed in Mumbai. Um, I believe I believe that's right anyway. Uh, that I'm, I'm not even sure I'm mentally and physically able to compute the size and magnitude of that game. A World Cup semi-final in India, India-Pakistan. And like, I mean, India will win that game because they've never lost to a Pakistani World Cups, have they? Isn't it 7-0, seven, 8-0, seven mm-hmm. whatever it is? But, you know, the New Ze- so New Zealand are likely to make it anyway because they'll likely beat uh, Sri Lanka. And even if they don't, um, then uh, Pakistan need to... Obviously Sri Lanka's got a lot to play for now. You remember that. Well, and, and also with, with Bangladesh, one thing people forget about this, it just occurred to me, like people forget there's a Champions Trophy place uh, at stake there. Bangladesh's win last night actually makes it harder for England to make the Champions Trophy because they need to basically win their last two games. What the fuck about the Champions Trophy? <laughs> Why is anyone saying that? New Zealand have lost four games in a row, but yet haven't really played badly in any of those games. Um, they obviously got very close yeah, against but that's Australia. New Zealand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all good, pretty good. Thanks, all good. Fucking, he's going to be nervous. They play against New Zealand in a semi final. India's going to be so nervous for both games, regardless. Yeah. yeah, so nervous. It would be. It would actually be unfair if India don't win the tournament. They've been so good. They've been the best team by and, a fucking and, mile. And yet. And, and yet, yet, you know, Australia wakes up just like, oh, is, is this semi? Yeah. Who, who we got? Who I'm got? feeling good. Mate, I'm hungry. Yeah. It's again. I could eat. No, it's, it's, it's 28 degrees today. Yeah. Is, it, is, it cricket, is it cricket starting? Yeah, you want to go to a circuit? Oh, is the World Cup on? Are the World Cup's on? Who's, who we got? Yeah. Is it, oh, semi. Oh, yeah, okay. Is Bradman still playing? What about mm. punter? Yeah. Uh, Steve Smith's got vertigo. Yeah. Uh, I saw Crick Info. Did like a who? Who is this? A, like a, a, a sort of an obscured shot of Steve Smith on the ground holding his head. Yeah, and they said, "Oh, like who is this?" With smiley emojis. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a it's a person in pain on, on, on the ground. Yeah, ailment. Mm. It was smudge, smudgy. I got it right. <laughs> I won the prize. <laughs> Seventeen likes. <laughs> smudgy. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, India's impregnable. Their Space Jam. They uh, cannot be impregnated. It was nice of the uh, the the Mumbai uh, faithful to release a statue of Steve Smith though in the ground. That was nice. Um, yeah, he's not been the same since. He hasn't, he hasn't been the same since. It's bronze poisoning. Should we uh, speak to Ali Martin, who's actually in India? Should we find out what happens? What the fuck happened to England? Not just what happened. Yeah. Okay. Here he is right now. Here's Ali. Okay, we've got Ali Martin, uh, cricket correspondent for The Guardian and The Observer. It's been a couple of shows since we've spoken to Ali. Uh, Ali, you're over there in India. How are you? Uh, yeah, all good, thanks. A uh, little bit jet-lagged. I've managed to arrive pretty much after England uh, were eliminated, uh, albeit I got to see Australia inflict the uh, the mortal blow. So, uh, yeah, no, all good, all good. Good to be here and uh, good to see a bit of it with my own eyes. Ali, you left for India about a week ago. Um, you were initially tasked with chronicling the next great feat of England's magnificent white ball unit uh, who had, you know, unified the belts 
Um, and now you're there presumably to survey the ruins of England's ghastly campaign. Um, um, so it's a good effort for you to be on the show. Um, what happened to England? What the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny because I kind of, you know, I came out here kind of thinking, well, I mean, one thing I think I'm half decent at in my job is trying to, is sort of getting a sense on the ground of what's going on. So I was looking forward to coming out here and really trying to get, um, get into the guts of it. And I was kind of, you know, you never hope you get, I don't mind what's going to happen. You kind of no expectations in some respects, but you kind of think, well, you know, are you going to land, are you going to find blokes at each other's throats. Are you going to, you know, is there going to be briefings in, in sort of shadowy corners and, and guys kind of lining up and, and kind of political factions and what have you. It's, this is probably the most disappointing thing about it since I've arrived. I, I've not really picked up a huge amount of that. They're, st- they're staying pretty tight. I'd say that, I mean, aside from the, you know, the kind of weirdness around one guy calling his retirement halfway through a tournament. Um, I, uh, that aside, I mean, this is it's a group of players who have kind of uh, grown up together, come through the system together, forged a very, very tight bond under Owen Morgan, obviously in that kind of four or five year period leading up to, the tournament that we just can't stop banging on about in 2019. Uh, and as a result, you're kind of looking at um, one of those campaigns which has kind of gone wrong in lots of 1% ways, which kind of add up to add up to 100 in the end and has seen them, you know, kind of tank while they're out here. So, yeah, it's, um, it's hugely disappointing. That's kind of why no one can kind of... All the players are saying they can't put their finger on, you know, what's caused this is because... It's just this big uh, kind of array of, of small, those sort of kind of small one percenters. Must be coupled with the fact that obviously no one could buy tickets for this tournament uh, even recently. I, mean, I saw the Barmy Army recently had to cancel their, um, their their packages for the semifinals and the finals that they had planned. And um, no one could have foreseen that this falling away like it has, Ali. But like you just had to think about the the memories that the the current white ball team has given the fans for half a decade more with the World Cup wins and winning the one winning the one they the way they did in 2019. But what do you feel like is the mood now at home um, for not only this World Cup but generally the the cricket team? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you in that. I, I kind of hope. I mean, I I worry about kind of recency bias in a way. You know, I, I think um, I think it was back in the back of the turn of the century, back in back in 2000, there was a, there was a there was a, ch- a Channel Four poll, and 600,000 people in the UK were 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 asked who was the most influential musician of the 20th century, and Robbie Williams came eighth. Right, so I kind of <laughs> so I, he was a, he was above Mozart. Right, so, <laughs> who had some bangers but, to be fair. Yeah, he had some bangers oh, but yeah so i kind of i do i do slightly worry about recency bias um all the same i you know i think i think yeah i mean there, there obviously have been some great memories you know as as i've as i've liked to say on this show before you know unifying the belts uh <laughs> and they've still got one left um but i, I mean I, yeah i kind of sense a, a bit of dismay i mean it's not let's be honest it's not just that they've uh, given up the trophy here, that it has been a, a sort of full blown surrender. What you know, kind of one of the worst World Cup defenses you'll ever see in any sport. I guess the difference being that you know, in football, um, you know, you, you lose three games and you're out. This is a this is a really slow and tortured death with um, only the slight sort of that that kind of slight carrot, the, the, the little plot twist we had of. Hang on a minute, you, you can qualify for the Champions Trophy here. So, um, you know, um, so yeah, so they're, they're rock bottom at the moment. Two games to go against Netherlands and Pakistan with still 
bizarrely still something to play for, um, even if it will, it will go down as, as, a, as an absolutely uh, terrible campaign. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Ali, uh, the Collins Dictionary released a new word. Um, listed as a noun, basball is described as a style of test cricket in which the batting side attempts to gain the initiative by playing in a highly aggressive manner. Um, just separately, has pride or hubris truly come before this fall? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we, I mean, clearly we are, as a nation, ripe for for piss taking, and people love it. People are queuing up. I mean, I've heard these kind of, I've heard these uh, shock jocks in Melbourne saying, you know, cry me a river, and that kind of thing. And I, I, get, I get it. Look, the Ashes rivalry is built on Schadenfreude, and it's, and you know, we 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 had a a good dose of it the other day. Um, uh, we we could, you know, we could see you guys enjoying it down there. Um, along with your weather and your beaches and all that. Um, so, um, <laughs> uh, has hubris. I don't know. I mean, that's it's funny, actually. It's funny how the two things get conflated because the um, in terms of the test team and the, and the, and the one-day team, you know, Baz, Bazball is very much a, um, that kind of thing. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't think we do success particularly well. I, I can see how the English can be pretty annoying from the outside in terms of, uh, in terms of how we how we respond to success, and we're not particularly good at sustaining sporting success either. I kind of the one that always sticks out to me is the two thousand three rugby. Um, although actually, having said that, they made the final again in two thousand and seven. They kind of stumbled their way there, but you know they did put up a defence that time. Um, yeah, we're not great at, at sustaining success, and, and I and I appreciate that that from the outside we can be a, a bunch of wankers as well so um you know it yeah. it, 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 it it cuts both ways though doesn't it that's just as i say that's the ashes rivalry every every country does success in a very annoying way in its except, own annoying way except for every, australia yeah no we're yeah we're that's, fine that it's just really wonderful yeah yeah if we all have our own brand of <laughs> cockheadedness <laughs> um, ali i suppose the, i suppose the answer to this is that like they just picked the best team they thought was going to win the game against australia right but obviously england were already more or less out um, and, you know, they picked Willie in that game who has already retired from international cricket. They leave out Harry Brook, who just appears to be just the best young player in the world. Perhaps Ben Stokes is getting surgery afterwards. He plays anyway. Um, you know, Sam Curran doesn't play. He's he's young. Um, he'll, he'll play uh, a key role in next year's World Cup, even in the T20. So um, why did they pick that team? Why are they still um, flogging a dead horse, do you think? Yeah, I guess maybe is maybe they're, maybe they're trying to be proved right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, maybe you know, and and maybe maybe they they feel that is still their strongest team. I mean, there is a logjam in that middle order. It's very hard. It has kind of been created by Stokes, although I don't I don't one hundred percent agree with him playing as a specialist bat means that England are, are kind of suddenly imbalanced. If you think about the two thousand and nineteen team that which we keep talking about, that the, the yeah. Owen Morgan, you know, Owen Morgan has retired from that that side. That that is a guy that's dropped out. The left hander. In the middle order, who's dropped out of that side? Stokes can slot in there. I, I mean, I, for me, it's kind of it's Brook or Livingston. I, Livingston is is a puzzle to me. I, I, I'm not sure why he's been given a two year contract. I'm not sure, you know, if there are franchises out there nipping at his heels, you know, trying to trying to turn his head and uh, then kind of go for it because the the, the returns aren't necessarily there. I, I'm not. He's he's a decent T20 player, and I imagine he will be part of that squad or certainly in the mix up for the uh, T20 World Cup out there. But I. Uh, over the course of uh, a 50-over game, I'm not sure he knows how to construct an innings um, down there at number six or number seven. 
and his bowling again it's kind of it, it, it can you can you can burgle a couple of overs maybe up to four overs if it's going coming out nicely in a, in a 220 10 you know really trying to string together as a, a as one of the fifth bowler you know as a combination fifth bowler in an ODI is a much much bigger ask of a guy so I, I for me it would be Livingston or Brook and I think mm. I certainly think Brook should be in there because as you say he's, he's such a talent and you kind of want to get tournament if, if you're going to get something out of this tournament it's to get experience into the guy into the likes of guys like yeah. Harry Brook and to be honest I'm not sure that qualifying for the Champions Trophy is the best idea because there is a bit of chat that West Indies want to invite England over for a test series in the Caribbean oh, at the same time. You guys are saving that format. <laughs> and, and because and because English cricket is saving that format. Well, to be honest, we're not... I mean, as much as as much as the team talk about trying to save the format, the ECB in, in, in this FTP have dropped test tours. I mean, the, yeah, I appreciate you can't tour everyone in a cycle. They've dropped test tours of the, the Caribbean and Sri Lanka. And they're, they're two places where the, the English travel in their droves and they spend a lot of money. And it is a massive... It's not... This is... It's not just because they're great places. Obviously, people enjoy going there, but these are massive sources of revenue for uh, West Indies and Sri Lanka. You know, they, they they're pretty unique. Uh, other than other than beaming TV rights back into India, they're the big they're the big daddies for um, for those two countries. So, if, if English cricket wants to save Test cricket, you should you should be visiting those guys. Um, just uh, just talking about recency bias before Ali. Um, I I, mm. I suspect there's more pain coming up for English cricket, given that they have to play five test matches in India in January and February, I think it is. And like everyone knows what's going to happen. Jadeja is going to have the greatest tournament of all time. Ashwin's going to take 80 wickets. Uh, you know, the batters score all the runs. Um, and uh, unless Joe Root scores 200, then the game's going to be uncompetitive. And so England are likely to lose that series 5-0. And everyone's going to say, English cricket, it's shit house. Except in like two months after that, um, you know, the guys have a good IPL and then the, when the world cup comes around, England will be one of the favorites to win the world cup. Like they Big just, favorite. They, like they, they will be, won't they? Mm. Uh, yeah, they probably will be. And it's kind of, you know, there's kind of lurching fortunes in English cricket. Is it, you're right about India though. That's I mean, that is, it's going to be, is it the acid test of baseball? I'm not, it's, it's a tricky one because pretty much every team that has gone there and been absolutely chewed up and spat out since, uh, 2012, which was when England, you know, England were the last team to go out there and, and win yeah. a test series. That was a four test series. They won two one, and they came back from one 0 down. So, and you know, that was an incredible feat in itself. But across five, it's it's the biggest ask in, in world cricket, I think. Yeah. Uh, and England, I just don't think they have the spinners to 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 to, 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 to do the job. Like they, they'll probably take a a unique approach to the batting. They'll they'll go hard, be aggressive. Um, but they'll do well to to win a test match out there, I think. Um, which is pretty much what Australia Australia tend to win a test match there, don't they? Yeah, we, yeah, we win get, one. We get one. We get one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, be, yeah. But, but the, and because you guys are the benchmark, then that's kind of that's what we have to try and achieve or better. <laughs> oh, I'll uh, tell you what, what will happen is that um, really the the truth is that like you may as well try baseball over there because nothing else works. But then yeah. when it fails, we'll all sit there and go, yeah. "That was the stupidest thing." What to are they, guys? What an embarrassment and humiliation. <laughs> Um, because that's just stupid for, yeah, yeah, phony war yeah. that we have. I, I just want to pick up Ali, um, maybe because I, I might be speaking on behalf of people who are listening to this. Like, is it is it really um, acceptable that the reason for England's failure is simply being like death by a thousand cuts? Just a couple of things went wrong. I mean, it really is a. It is the it is one of the worst performances from a high base that's ever been seen. I just wanted to pick up on, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, should Liam Limston be, have been picked or Harry Brook? I mean, that, that that's a deck chairs on the Titanic question, isn't it? Like Absolutely. The, 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 
that team is capable of so much more. We've seen um, people with the, I suppose, captaincy credibility of Michael Vaughan suggest that, that the central contract issue must be must have weighed heavily on players to be awarded some to be awarded contracts, at least one not to be in the team. And then Owen Morgan, the former captain of the white ball revolutionary team uh, saying that he just couldn't conceive of a scenario where there wasn't a dressing room breakdown. Do you give any credence to either of those ideas from those guys? Well, I mean, before the tournament, I've got Owen Morgan on the record saying that England could pick two squads and, and uh, that would that would compete for the semi-finals. So it's <laughs> a great style of um, play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, t- I mean, I mean, Morgan, Morgan's an interesting one as a, as a kind of as as daddy sitting on the sidelines because it's um, yeah. you know it, he you would like to think he's still got a direct dial into the dressing room. Oh. It, it may it may be that, that Morgan, you know, he is trying to establish his commentary career, and maybe you have to you know spot the moment where you kind of establish your distance from the squad um by making a big call like that um equally you probably think he has got a decent handle on on what's going on um i i it's interesting i mean i, I as i said I've, I've landed on the ground tried to get a feel for guys you know and i have had the odd chat in the uh, in the lobby and what have you and, and you yeah i don't i mean it's i was asking guys about matthew mott basically because he's australian and we want to blame an australian for this yeah, but yeah. it's uh, <laughs> Yeah, there you got it. Uh, no, 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 I'm joking. No, he's, to be honest, <laughs> no, no. To be honest, I mean, he seems. I mean, he's a, he's a, a decorated coach with a great CV, and in limited interactions with him, because you know, because we have split coaches and we don't see them as much, he comes across as a really nice guy. I can see why the players like him. Um, I think there is pro- possibly a sense that he hasn't necessarily stamped his authority on or stamped his mark on the fifty overside. Uh-huh. Now that's not easily achieved because if you come into what you believe to be a well-oiled machine that's running well, um, you don't you probably don't want to change much. You don't want, you know, um are him and Butler singing off the same hymn sheet? I think that's probably what we've got to get to the bottom of here. Whether whether that is a good a good fit, the pair of them, um, uh, whether their two personalities work, you know, and and whether the what Morgan keeps saying is, you know, is the messaging clear? And and O Morgan was the master of delivering delivering good messaging to his players. In fact, He's extremely consistent, extremely level, uh, back into the hill. He, I don't think he would be talking about our team is low on confidence right now when, you know, when he's still within a shout of qualifying as England were. Uh, oh, well, uh, okay, well, it didn't last long, but you know what I mean? It, when, when the tournament was technically still live, there were some, some admissions going up there. I'm not sure that calling Ben Stokes your spiritual leader in public is a, is a great shout when he's not the captain of this side. And I, there may be an element of confusion there because of a presence like Stokes. It, it may, it is tricky when you have split captains as well. You know, Australia, for example, have that consistency across, across that. But I mean, th- these are just contributing factors. They're worth asking the question about um, other factors. I think are possibly the English summer. I mean, this was kind of, you know, there was a, England played a series against New Zealand as their, their first team, their first choice squad played a series against New Zealand. New Zealand had a bloke in their team who was literally called B Lister, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's so harsh. <laughs> that's really harsh. He's a guy called Ben Lister. He was he was he was pulled out of club cricket by New Zealand, but but and and he seemed you know he's a uh, he seemed like a nice bowler, and I'm, I, I wish him well. But it's kind of my point being is that my point being is that England kind of won that series and felt that that was enough that was good and i've kind of and it is it's tricky you can't just schedule tours at the, at the 11th hour but to see 
what are we uh, what, are the, what are we called the Senna countries is that what we're called the see Australia and New Zealand uh, and I know Australia didn't start the tournament that well but to see them come over and play some proper hard cricket in India and Bangladesh respectively as opposed to England who had one game in Guwahati and up in Assam which is miles away after a uh, I think they, they I think their first game, which eventually got rained out, was kind of literally the day after landing after a 38-hour journey somehow, um, even though India's an eight-hour flight away. I'm not sure how England achieved that. Um, but there's it's all these contributing factors that I think, and I think that New Zealand result, as a result of coming in cold and getting absolutely whooped by a, a much better New Zealand without the B-lister in the side, without, you know, who've got the, um, who've, who've been up and running in Bangladesh getting used to can, Asian conditions, I think that I imagine that yeah, that's probably when the confidence absolutely drained out of the uh, out of the campaign, and they've kind of and yes, yeah, so of course they beat Bangladesh up and down, Charlotte. But I think that's a team that probably felt we just got to turn up the, the old magical comeback, you know, produce the same sweet music that we always did, even though they've not really played together for the last three years. Um, yeah, I think I think that that was a pretty crushing first defeat. And that's when the doubts set in. And then I think things are kind of unspooled from there with things like contracts, messaging, selection, um, you know, deciding to, to to bowl inside an oven in Mumbai, um, you know, those kind of things. It, it, none of it helps. Um, and I think they possibly, uh, certainly the, the vibe I've got from guys who've been speaking more directly privately to the leadership is that, yes, they've possibly been overthinking things as well, which is, you know, you get into a bit of a bit of a death spiral. Uh, just one, one more factor there, uh, just reading your colleague, Barney Rone's piece this morning about Joss Butler and just making the point, however, unfashionable because it leaves itself open to saying this is an excuse, but, uh, the mm. idea of exhaustion as well. Prime a river, England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like, yeah. Go on. Go on. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't do accents. Sorry, uh, you, you got to get it in first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, he's just Bar- Barney's making the point that um, he was using Joss Butler as an example. Although Joss Butler is a captain of the England side, uh, mm. that he'd been away for seventeen out of twenty six months compared to Virat Kohli, for example, it hasn't been um, you know away from his own home country for that for anywhere near that amount of time. Albeit everybody playing a lot of cricket, I mean. Yeah, you can you can poke holes in it and say, oh well, David Warner's done this and whatever, and Australia's played hard cricket. But I, I, I look, I do think that would be um, deliberately and hilariously avoiding the key point, which is that like I, I do think an undercurrent of this World Cup is that like a lot of cricketers have turned up very tired, you know, because a lot of cricket has been going on. England, um, well known, you know, particularly through COVID, has been playing more cricket than anybody, uh, mm. you know you can't advance it because people are just going to shoot you down. But do, do you think it is a genuine factor? Do you think the guys are pretty tired coming into the, uh, co- coming into this world cup? Um, yeah. Although it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Because you know, there's kind of performances, you, you probably get energy from performances. So it can be, yeah. you know, I, I guess, I guess you, fatigue can build up over time. I think, I, I mean, I think Australia are probably equally tired. They've had a pretty monster year themselves. Um, and we and went and to the ashes as well, by the way. So, Exactly. Yeah. yeah sorry. Uh, you, you what? Sorry. We had to go to you for the ashes as well, by the way. But still, sort of seven. Oh yeah. Sorry about that. I mean, that is kind of how it works. But it's um. <laughs> yeah. Just be more tired. <laughs> like the cast. No, I suspect it is. I mean, it, I think uh, the, the volume of cricket, the Test cricket that England play, is a factor here. I'm certainly not calling for Test cricket to be cut in any respects, but it does. 
it, it does feed into that. And in England, it's tried to mitigate it by resting and rotating. I mean, the minute you rest and rotate, then you start to, you know, I've seen people say, I kind of agree to an extent, is that England didn't necessarily see the decay of this side because it wasn't stress tested in the meantime mm. because they've had, because 50 over cricket became the third format where they did rest and rotate. But you're right. I mean, the multi-format players, the, the volume is extreme. Players, obviously, they do want it both ways. They do want that two month period to go and play in the IPL and, uh, and earn big money. I can't begrudge them that uh, in one respect, but it but it does add up. And then England have to kind of feed that into their workload management. Um, it's a tough sell to the public, that one as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's probably, there probably is an element of it. I think, but as I say, I think, I think when you kind of get that shock to the system, which they did against New Zealand uh, in that first game, I think that's, that's when fatigue suddenly, you feel more tired because, because your confidence is suddenly given a massive shape. Can you give us a, 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 a vibe check, Ali, of like what it's like in India? Obviously, anyone that's ever been to India, there's just energy in the streets, whether there's cricket being played or not. But sort of compare that to, uh, you know, 2019, where unless you were basically in St. John's Wood, you probably didn't know there was a World Cup on. Uh, you could be outside the MCG last year in Australia in November and no one knew there was a World Cup on. Mm. Um, except yeah. in Pakistan. Then people did know it was on. Um, India, Zimbabwe. <laughs> India, Zimbabwe as well. But uh can you give us a, a feeling of what it's like? Because I suspect that the expectation now and the energy must be absolutely insane in the country. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I am I'm following a ghost ship of a campaign, and um, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm I'm really not where the action is. Um, although I have to say, having you know, having people having moaned about that Ahmedabad crowd in that first game against New Zealand, and, and you know, when was the last time Sachin Tendulkar walked out to an empty stadium in uh, in India? Um, it, it has, I, I'm saying, you know, I, I've got on the ground and yeah, it, it, it's pretty much fever pitch. And that, that crowd for England, Australia the other day, you know, neutral game. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there was a, what was it? 55,000 people. And it did, it, it, it felt, it felt busy. It felt noisy out there. Um, and David Warner, who's kind of cu curated his own Indian fan base out here was, was having <laughs> some great fun on, on the boundary. Pat Cummins as well. You know, they, they, they were really feeding off the energy in the crowd. That's for a neutral game, you know? So that's, there's it's it's really cool to see. It's, I mean, it's plastered everywhere. Uh, every single um, bit of uh, advertising real estate here, um, certainly on Star Sports and the channels, is taken up by cricketers uh, chewing gum and drinking soft drinks and uh, telling you what the best tire is to put on your car. Um, <laughs> you know, there is it is, and it, and it's really cool. And uh, the, the point you make about England actually, because I, I mean, that kind of was one of the things that depressed me about the 2019 World Cup um, a little bit was because you're right. It felt like it was, it was, there was a World Cup inside the grounds and not much out, outside of it. And all the sponsors, et cetera, were being pumped back into India. It was all, um, you know, uh, the kind of logistics partners and um, what's that but beer and, you know, a beer that you couldn't even buy in the UK. So you're not, you weren't seeing the World Cup on, on your shelves, on the, on the adverts, et cetera, because it was all very much, a kind of satellite tournament being being back into India, mm. this being a tournament in India, yeah, it feels it, it feels like a, a pretty big deal because you, you you do well to not know there was a World Cup going on right now. Mm. Mm. Well, David Warner, he really just gets India, and India gets him. Uh, <laughs> and it sounds like what you're saying is that all, you know all cricket should be played in India. So on that note, um, <laughs> or Saudi Arabia, yeah, well, yeah, good partners. Um, Ali, thanks, uh, thanks much for joining us, mate. That's for it was particularly generous of you this time. No uh, worries. You're well. Good to see you, boys. Take care. Thanks very much to Ali for giving us the time. 
Uh, before we get into uh, the rest of the show, uh, this episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Uh, Pezza, do you ever get frustrated that you cannot watch certain live sports events because they aren't televised oh, or available in your country? Big time. Big time That's frustration. major emotion. Uh, well, with NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a country that is showing the sports event that you are interested in or even un- even, even ones that you aren't really that mm. interested in uh, to watch so you can don't miss out on any of the live action. Obviously, uh, you know, I was in uh, Japan during the Matilda's Dream you Run. Uh, couldn't couldn't find it for love nor money. Right. Didn't really know how to either. Uh, so jumped onto NordVPN, got the streaming going. Bang. Result. En- English commentary. Watched the absolute life out of it. Yeah. Watch the absolute life out of it. Nice, mm, nice. Yeah, nice pivot. That's how you normally talk. Uh, indeed. So, uh, you know, people being on the brink, uh, you know, being on the brink of global recession as well, and the world being a little bit crazy at the moment. Some people need to cut down on their spending, cut back on the spending, save some money whilst protecting yourself online with NordVPN. That can help you save money as well as protect me and others from cybercrime. I changed my virtual location, sign up for subscription services via other countries and pay a cheaper price. As an example, you can sign up to Netflix whilst virtually being in Mexico, which is much cheaper to the US or the UK. As an example, people have also been saying you can book flights and holidays via another country and indeed pay less Mm. than if you were doing it here. So NordVPN essentially pays Pays for for itself. You can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to the custom URL through the episode show notes in today's show. You can get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's uh, 30-day money-back guarantee. Uh, All right, Pezza, uh, in the news uh, this week uh, via Bloomberg, you brought this to my attention, so I'm not going to ask you if you've seen it because you told me about it. So Saudi investment in the IPL. So Saudi Arabia has proposed buying a $30 billion stake in the IPL. The Saudi Arabian Crown Prince MBS, that's Mohammed bin Salman, as uh, his advisors, have spoken to Indian government officials about moving the IPL into a holding company valued at as much as $30 billion, this report said. (laughs) The talks were held when the Crown Prince visited India in visited India in September. Uh, the report said, adding that the kingdom proposed investing as much as five billion dollars into the league and help lead an expansion into other countries. Big bash should be good this how, year. How many can Bancroft <laughs> get? On the I just sort of there's a bit of a bat off going on in the shield at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Henry Hunt's back in the runs. <laughs> Charlie Wakeem as well from New South Wales. Yeah. Right? yeah uh, yeah, I suppose when, you know, there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of chat about uh, bit of chat out there. there's been a lot of chat mm-hmm. around the world around uh, general Saudi investment <laughs> into uh, sport, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it was MBS who said, um, and that's that's what he's that's what we're calling yes. um, like AOC uh, in the in the US. That's right, uh, that's MB, right. MBS, yeah, uh, who said, well, if it increases my GDP by half or one percent, mm. then yeah. call it what you want, yeah. you know. <laughs> Fucking hell. Which is yeah. very great cricket, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, when there's, there's been talk about Saudi investment into cricket as part of its, you know, uh, more broader uh, yep. investment into sport. Uh, yes. And, uh, um, yeah, I guess I was just disappointed to learn that was an IPL thing because I thought it might they might have been trying to revive Test cricket. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or so the it's shield. Just a yeah, and, and it's, yeah, adjacencies. Yes, uh, that's the, right. The Australian cricket pyramid. I thought maybe it might be 30 bill in just to um, get the academy going again. Uh, but um, yeah, it looks like they're, they're they're proposing partnership with the IPL. My understanding from very far away is that uh, India and Saudi Arabia relations are 
good right. uh, and that um, we're not talking about a usurping of Indian cricket uh, or anything like that. Nevertheless, uh, when this kind of bunt is floating around, mm-hmm. I'd imagine control is sought. So how the BCCI mm. uh, and IPL franchises, which are separate entities, actually manage yep. uh, the, the just the juggernaut influx of bunts uh, into it to both yeah. kind of um, accept it to create a bigger steam train than there already is um, yep. engulfing the, the cricket schedule while retaining control is uh, going to be interesting. And I'd imagine that it also plays into um, federal election in India next year as well mm-hmm. uh, and uh, all that kind of gear. But as I said, Cam Bancroft is looking good. Um, I think for what for most, uh, like a lot of uh, Australians listen to this show, I suppose uh, UK people as well, um, what that actually means. So the IPL, uh, I think many people already know, is the second most valuable per game league in the world behind the NFL, which is a fair way in front to be fair, but the IPL per game is well ahead of the Premier League, for instance, uh, uh, the NBA, uh, other big leagues, uh, including the Big Bash. So A lot um, of eyeballs on it. A lot of eyeballs in it, a lot of money per game in the IPL. So if you're adding $5 billion into that league, into a fund that is worth as much as $30 billion, um, that doesn't sound like it's going to be great news for the sport that you perhaps like or grew up with in the country that you're in now. Uh, but, you know, the West Indies will be a good test for Australia this summer in the tests. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Matthew Hayden has said, and I quote Pez, he, told, he was told Wisden, I wouldn't coach Australia, no. After Justin and his treatment, I wouldn't have any part of trying to coach Australia because I just don't feel that's something I would enjoy. I really love Australian cricket and I really love broadcasting on the current cricket team. I think they're a magnificent team, but in terms of an investment, no. It's not something that I'd even consider. What's quite interesting is that there's not a former great that is actually at the helm of Australian cricket. Not one, Hayden continued. Such as myself. Not as a chairman of selectors, not as a coach, not as a board director. At no layer is there leadership that's got a former great player of Australian cricket operating within that team unit. That, to me, is surprising considering we've just come out of three great eras or decades of Australian cricket. (laughs) <laughs> and yet it's about the best team we've had since then. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's interesting timing, you know. Like uh, Tim Payne fucking hammered him with this. Did you see that? <laughs> um, yeah, I heard, I heard. Yeah, I Payne heard said, like, well, what's a great player? Also said, well, the boys are going pretty well. Yeah. Makes a pretty good point, I think, Payne. Yeah, like <laughs> like he said, he said this after Australia's won four or five on the trot, Yeah, you know, and he's like, oh, there's no greats like myself involved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's like oh, it, the it's big like, toss on the front mate, foot. You gotta it, love it. Yes, yeah. uh, like the, it's just the timing. Like off the, yeah. off the back of JL stuff, like like over a year ago. Yeah, it would it would make sense. Well, I'm not getting involved. While you know, after that, what they've done to my mate, sure, and whatever. I don't like this regime. Yeah, just just this massive drive by on the yeah. guys that like. Yeah. I mean, sorry, I say massive drive by. I don't think anyone's asking him to coach. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it just reminds me of like. It's just Wayne's World shit. You're like, we broke up three months ago. (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to do with a gun rack? Yeah, Uh, yeah. And it it is that, um, you know, it's that old, it's that old maxim. You know, like if just remember, if someone's a better cricketer than you, they're a more capable person than you. Hundred percent in all areas of life. I think it's fairly obvious, um, as history tells us, if you were a great player, that equals that you're going to be a great coach. Oh, uh, you can only coach and administer 
and select and opine on cricket. Yeah. If you were one of the top 0.1% of people to play the game between the ages of 18 and 30. Yeah. That's, that's the plain and simple fact. That's why no one watches this show, listens to it. Mm. Every single comment is like, how many fucking tests have you played? Exactly. In, in, I'm just off the top of my head. Like, if you actually take that approach where, like, you can only actually do all of the jobs in cricket if you're in the top 0.1%, wouldn't yeah. the game actually eat itself to the point where it's it can only be those guys who do anything in the game, which is maybe why Glenn Maxwell fell off the back of that cart to get Doss in. What you have to understand is, though, that they would do it so well oh, that they true. don't need and it as would many be hands. Like it always was. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're like, well, what team. is what is Doss? Yeah, it was, was a, a very good team, good team and good I feel team. good thinking about it. Oh, very good. Yes. What's Doss's? What's his like Shangri La? Like, is it just? Is it? Is he who JL's coaching? Like, yeah, Doss I, is I, I think Doss he wants is, an apology. I'm not really sure. No, I'm for saying, what, like, what's what's the actual what's what's the setup? You know what I mean? Like, who's selecting? Who's coaching? Who's CEO? Good point. You know what I'm saying? Good point. Like, I don't just, know. It's just the boys, isn't it? Like he's just yeah. saying, like, give us the keys yeah. to Australian cricket forevermore because yeah. we were good. Yeah, nobody is entitled. Don't fucking touch it. Don't. That's ours. It, that's ours. <laughs> he's blocked a ball. No, sorry, the opposition's blocked a ball yeah. and it's at their feet. They they bend down to pitch it up. Yeah. To, to pick it up. Sorry, yeah. and he says, "Don't fucking touch that. Yeah. That's ours." Yeah, I'd love to see him say that to Vera. To be honest, fuck yeah, he needs to stop touching it. The other touching the ball. Now, the problem is Australia's not going to lose a game this summer. So it's going to be hard for them to hang on to that sort of, you know, yeah. that angst. Like, we need to change things because, you know, I've held the Ashes for the best part of 10 years. Yeah. Uh, the team's probably going to make a World Cup final. Mm. Just calling that out, four games left. Oh, just they've, they've, got, they've gone okay. They won the World Test Championship final. They won that. The thing is, though, greats are going to be great, aren't they? Greats, greats are going to be great. You know great. what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially that side. Like, greats are just – that's. I wouldn't understand because I just – Never been a great. It, that, that's the circularity of it. That's the yeah. catch twenty two. How the fuck would I understand what Matt Hayden is talking about? I played twos mainly. Yeah, none of us understands. I don't get it. You know, not uh, maybe not even Painey. Do you know what I like that Pezza about Perth this year? They're going to build a hill at their new stadium, <laughs> this, this Noctis. Well, this will this will bring them back. It's the West Test NRMA, NRMA, NRMA. Mm. Optus Stadium implementing a hill inside the ground. Um, so that will make Perth It's a new happy. era in Western Australian cricket. Mate. A new era is arrived where they're, where they're building a hill in the new stadium. Mate, Western Australians with cricket oh. and their fans have yeah. been shortchanged. Yeah. Because at the moment, they're the fucking best team. Yeah. They've won two shields in a row. They're looking at a three-peat this year. How many times have the Scorchers won a row? Is it three? Oh. They've won fucking, yeah, they've won everything. They won everything. They're carrying it on their that, back. They are carrying it in the in the, you know in lieu of uh, New South Wales being fucking any good at mm. all for the past like half a decade. Not to be confused with Johnny Lou. Western Australians deserve better. They got a Perth Test match last year where they watched um, a pretty ordinary side uh, get absolutely humped by Marnus and Smith. Which mm. you know, to be fair, we do like that in the summer. Mm-hmm. Just safety numbers, runs, mm-hmm. etc. Right. From, from, you. from your three yeah. and four, yeah. that's nice. But then they're getting uh, they're getting the same team. No, well, they're getting, they're getting the what is it? No, first? They got Pakistan. They got Pakistan this year. They got yeah. Pakistan yeah. this year. So look, that is better. But you know, I feel like Perth deserve just a little bit more love. You know, got a massive stadium out there. Look, oh. it's, it's going to be a hill. So there's something. Just feel like they should be getting a bit more love, well, yeah. given they're fucking carrying Australian cricket at the moment. They're they're it's they're sort of um, reimagining or re- rebranding uh, it, the West Test, so that rhymes at uh, Perth Stadium, and it's going to help showcase Western Australia to the world 
through top-class sport and entertainment. Okay. Um, fans will be called upon to hashtag fill the hill and welcome home the ICC World Test Champion Australians when they take on Pakistan from the West Test Hill to be built across four bays within Perth Stadium. It's inspired by Test Cricket's rich history at the Wacker Ground with a nod to the world-class Perth Stadium. The hill features three tiers and will house up to 500 patrons at a time. Uh, and CA has teamed up with NRMA Insurance to provide uh, to prioritise patron comfort and a great event experience. Uh, so I think what's happened is they're like, hmm, I think about 5,000 people came to day four of uh, yeah. Australia Windies last, last year. Last year, yeah. And, uh, it wasn't much more on day one. Yeah. But and it's, it's like the, the so new, early in the summer. It's the like new December. stadium, you know, at the Optus Stadium, which we've been to. I, I like it. To be fair, big, that's, that is a seriously impressive stadium. Yeah. But, like, the, the, the cricket that gets put there – it's so it's served so under. So don't you reckon like it deserves it deserves a massive Australia India test. It deserves an Ashes test match there. Deserves fucking top billing games because it's such a good stadium. Sam Billings, but like uh, <laughs> it deserves Sam Billings. I just think it's it's sort of amusing that like um, you know the marketing heads have come together and they're like, Feel how good. do we how do we get people to this stadium? You know what fans like grass. <laughs> You know, like, like yeah. I know they can't have the Wacker, so let's bring the Wacker yeah. to Perth Stadium. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's like, uh, you know, like some people go for like cold immersion, like that used to be called a swim. Yep. Um, yep. It's let's just bring grass, just yeah. grass to us. You know, like it's, it's kind of sad, isn't it? It's like it's a marketing confection that kind of plays on the idea that people actually just like being outdoors and on grass and they like the earthiness of the entire experience. Now, if my if my Instagram reels are anything to go by, they'd actually get more people in if they had ice baths. Just so they had ice baths in there. Yeah. Um, or like what, about, like, what about this? If they, instead of grass, just filling like a whole stand, like a beachfront. Yeah. Didn't, doesn't the Gabba do that? Or they have a pool. They used to, but they yeah. fucked that off. Oh, they fucked the pool off. Yeah. But just a beachfront. My, my, when I lived with my mates, like there was four of us in a house age 25 uh, or so, he, um, he tried to put on a beach party. We lived in Forest Lodge, Glebe, and uh, he uh, hired something like a ton of sand and just placed it at the front. And uh, that sand remained for the next year or so. Yeah, how the uh, fuck would you get rid of it? Well, we Back didn't. In. Okay, you just didn't. Yeah, that's what you do when you're that age. But yeah, so yeah. bringing a beachfront to the uh, to the Perth Stadium. I mean, this is just an activation, isn't it? Mm. It's just like what there was at um, what, what, what was, it, was it? The MCG that was called the the something. <laughs> it was called the something. Yeah, kind of playing on like Aussies wanting to be part of some exclusive, you know, like lo- like line. This all this all something. feels like we just want it to be backyard cricket. Oh but, yeah, but who has a backyard anymore? Yeah. That's what this feels like. Like, it, so the Gabba had a pool. Um, Melbourne had basically like some sort of like birdcage equivalent thing. Has the SCG ever had something that they did a very similar thing? I think at the same time, oysters. <laughs> <laughs> SCG had fucking Justin Hems and mid strength. <laughs> so basically, and then Adelaide Oval basically makes it like a race day at the back. So yeah. like none of these things actually yeah. represent cricket. You we just want to be something else. Yeah. <laughs> We don't, really, we don't really yeah. like the cricket that much. It's like when you actually play cricket at grade level, you just go at the back and play that golf game. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're, you're bad. No, I play bocce. Once, once again, like the yeah. marketing heads, of uh, this is genius. Yeah. People don't want cricket. 
They'd want something else. Cricket must be background. One of the best things you can do with great cricket is go for a lap with someone, oh. with someone that's a six out of 10 in your team that you actually get along with. Totally. That's, that's the best thing. you mean six thing. out of 10 attractiveness? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's well, not, he's, that's he's, not he's what he's I mean. Well, group is cute. He's, he's, he's group, group too. <laughs> he's our offspring. He's a six out of 10. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's pretty good. <clears throat> Fans are going to be flocking to that. Uh, the Sheffield Shield. Uh, Moses Enriquez has played. Uh, he's playing his 100th Shield game for New South Wales. Do you say that he, that's the fifth person to ever yeah. do that? Is that right? Yeah. Number five. Pretty yeah. impressive. Pretty mm. impressive. Uh, New South Wales uh, find themselves in more trouble though. They did. They did bowl uh, Western Australia out for a hundred and I think it was 130 yesterday. Don't have that score in front of me right now. That I can probably but get. Then they're four for seven. They're four for then the four for spit. Um, in trouble there. Uh, so more good stuff there. And also uh, Michael Bevan's not coaching New South Wales. That was also a, a, an odd story where Michael Bevan was said to be brought in as a batting consultant, I think it was. Uh, and then uh, things have not gone that well. And then all of a sudden he's not a batting consultant anymore. Well, he posted uh, to social and the, the post said dom- domestic cricket news yeah, um, yes. by himself. By himself, It yep. was also, um, in, I think on Instagram, there was a picture with like a um, – like a super at the like a lower third, uh, saying domestic cricket news as well as an Australian flag in the background. I think perfect created by Bevo or his team. Perfect. Uh, and um, un, it was a th- and on Twitter it was a thread. Yep. Uh, so um, the thread said it was announced preseason that I'll be working with at Cricket New South Wales as a batting consultant. Mm-hmm. To date, this hasn't happened. Given next message, given the timing, I feel it is important that current coaches are afforded every opportunity to stamp their quality and be allowed to guide Cricket New South Wales back to a position of strength within Cricket Australia. Unfortunately, this means they won't be receiving the magical Bevo finishing methodology. <laughs> I think it's spelled... That's a great message. He wrote methodology. Okay. Maybe next year. Okay. Bevo. Fuck, he was good. What a player. Fuck, what an era. Yeah. Hey, Peasant, here's some news. New South Wales are two runs behind Western Australia with six wickets in hand. Could they be looking at their first win in 16 attempts? Okay, it's day two, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who's in? Who's got a run? Uh, Ollie Davies has got fifty, and Moses is on twenty three red. There we go. One thirty nine for four. Cricket is how well back, baby. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they bowled Western Australia for one forty one. Uh, Nathan Lyon, that, that comes at the SCG. First game of the SCG for the summer. Mm. Nathan Lyon is our mate. Our mate's out there again. You see that? The guy oh yeah, he's out there talking. <laughs> the guy with the R- megaphone, Roger Choley. Yeah, <laughs> saying something like. <laughs> He was, what I like about his sledging is, is uh, this guy, this punter in the crowd, uh, just yelling out at guys. He's, it's really specific. Mm. So just li- the little part that I caught online was him calling out to uh, Corey Rochicholi. Yes, name? Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and telling him how many runs he was going to go for. He's like, you're going to go for eighty two or something. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Fuck that again. And yeah. You hear people giggling around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway. Uh, hopefully he's got his megaphone still. Uh, so Nathan Lyons playing that game. He's poised to sign with Lancashire. That deal might already be signed. Uh, Scott Boland also, uh, he's signed, he signed with Durham, uh, which is really weird. Scott Boland, like who spent his entire career playing for Victoria, never went to the UK, obviously went to there for the World Test Championship in the Ashes uh, with, you would say, mixed success. Um, and uh, But he signed a deal with uh, with Durham already. So, uh, so there he goes, a couple of uh, Australian guys. Uh, going around in the county system. The WBBL is going on at the moment. Pairs about halfway through the season. There's been a lot of talk about a lack of third umpire and DRS availability this season. That's been the main chat the last week or so. Only 24 of the 59 games are fully broadcast and have those capabilities. So CA have said that they're eyeing off next season to have every game with DRS and third umpires. Um, 
which uh, I would say is not a moment too soon, given mm. that the WPL is uh, probably likely going to take over uh, mm. sometime soon. But uh, uh, just in terms of the results recently, at least Perry took five for 22. It's a career yes. best at the Wacker against the Renegades, Melbourne Red. Uh, that's, a <clears throat> that's the first time she's bowled since the Ashes. Uh, she also scored 44 of 39 to beat the Renegades. Uh, in that game, having taken the five, she became the first woman to score 100 and take a Pfeiffer in each of the three formats. Absolutely incredible. Uh, so halfway through the season, so that's seven games each of uh, seven games of 14 each for most teams. So the Thunder are on top. They've only played six games. They're equal on points uh, at the top with the Adelaide Strikers and the Brisbane Heat, who have both played seven games. The two Melbourne teams are last. The Renegades are one win from seven, and the Stars are two wins from seven to, uh, to, to bottom out the bottom out the table there for the two Melbourne teams. So uh, given we had two Melbourne Stars players on, uh, is it our fault? Um, no, not at all. It's just poor performance, really. Um, shout out Kim Garth, Tess Flinter. I mean, Tess hasn't played. She hasn't played, so, so yeah. she's feeling good. Yeah, she's, she's looking better every game. Like, they like lose. The uh, the Travis Head effect of the World Cup. Exactly. Like, if you're not there, like how, how good are you? She's the Marco Van Basten of the WBBL. People have been saying that. <clears throat> Should we get into hashtag RCGC? I would have thought so. Hashtag RCGC is brought to you by Ponting Wines. You can use the code GETAFEW for 20% off at pontingwines.com.au. Pez, uh, we, we enjoyed some Ponting Wines on Friday, didn't we? Mm, quite a few. Quite a few. We've that done was, it the last couple of Fridays. It was actually Fun. really nice. Just sat in the sun there. Yeah. Sat in the sun, little Ponting Wines. Mm. What, what do we have? We're, we're the, the Pinot. We're the better Pinot. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a bit of sun about. So we got the Pinot out. It's yeah. not. It's a. Sm- it's a smooth drop. It's genuinely, smooth drop. we've enjoyed Friday drinks for a couple, sort of two of the last three weeks. Now. Yeah, unusual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting. L- let me let me let me read the let me read the Ponting Milestone two five seven Tasmania Pinot Tasmania Pinot Noir. Yeah. The wine marks Ricky Ponting's milestone innings of two five seven versus India at the MCG in two thousand and three Boxing Day Test. Coming off a loss to India at the Adelaide Oval, Ricky plundered a career best two hundred and fifty seven to bring the 2003-04 Border Basket Trophy back on level terms at the MCG. Uh, this is what Ben Riggs says. The 257 is made in a style to reflect the best of Tasmania. Mm. Ricky and I selected a single site in Meadowbank to create a milestone-worthy Pinot Noir. I think I actually read this one, was it last week or the week before? So I probably should have chosen a different one. But brooding dark cherries, juicy rich raspberries, and a layers of savoury spice are elegantly balanced, bursting with ripeness and well-integrated delicate tannins. A wine to enjoy now and will continue to evolve for many years to come. Mm. Mm, that's the Ponting 257 Tasmania Pinot Noir. Mm. You can get 20% off that drop and others, if that's what you want to do, at pontingwines.com if you use the code GETAFEW for 20% off. Do you want to read Noah's question? Noah writes in, dear boys! <clears throat> I'm a local for- my Actually, my children in the other room have looked over there. Um, they're hanging in. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, doing, yeah. They're yeah, doing yeah. well. They're, they're doing, doing well. well. Yeah. Uh, dear boys... I'm a local fourth 11 player in Melbourne's outer suburbs. Proper wheelie bin shit. In a team that is made up of what remains of the fourth 11 and fifth 11 as my club begins its descent back into the dark ages after losing its best player following three consecutive grand final defeats in the first 11 grade. Mm. Personally, I might be able to push to a higher level but would rather quit altogether than play with old cunts who yell, lift, 
and behave like children when the 15-year-old who has hardly played any cricket drops a catch at Cow Corner when we all knew that these catches will be dropped nine times out of ten at this level. Mm. Thus, I find myself in the fourth 11 on a fill-in. Plays every week without having to pay subs. Basis. Whilst top half of last year's fourth 11 have moved up to the third 11 due to the aforementioned descent of the Dark Ages, my team now consists of the bottom half of last year's team, which are mostly 17 to 18-year-old vape-huffing lovable knuckleheads <laughs> and last year's fifth 11, who are a father-son team made up of old, uh, made up of jet old blokes making regular bulk runs at a rubbish level and their sons who don't want to play. <laughs> Watch me. That's, Watch me, that's boy. That's a good vibe. That's a good vibe. I like that. Mm. I'm interested in that. I'm a 22-year-old who has just purchased a house with my fiance. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, Noah's doing wow. well, isn't he? Bit of backyard cricket for you, Noah, is there? Bit of bunts. Wow. Now, let, okay. Oh, that's big. If you're not from Australia and, like, that just seems like a run-of-the-mill comment, that's, that's, a, that's a big play. 22-year-old with property. Well, Fuck Noah's hell. obviously inherited some money. Oh, like, we'll, we'll pass all of this. <laughs> I'm am a 22-year-old who has just purchased a house with my fiance, And whilst it sounds like everything outside of cricket is on the upwards trajectory outside of cricket, and I should probably walk away from the game now and never look back, we all know that is completely impossible. Yeah. I will ask questions now, as is my want. With my social role in the team quite <laughs> unclear due to the dynamics discussed earlier, where is my social role? The only answer I can come up with is to try and find a new dad amongst the father-son camp of the group as their sons <laughs> will abandon cricket the first chance they get whilst I myself am already a Stockholm Syndrome victim of the sport, will my potential new fathers accept me? Should I make an effort to play a higher level and endure old cunts yelling lift? At the end of a day's play, when I'm back at the club with my mates who play other levels, we now ask, get a rim job today, mate. This, of course, means remain remaining not out at the end of the innings, brackets, red ink merchant job. How do we help it catch on at the club and bring it into common vernacular? We have tried emphasising it as we say it to attract the interest of nearby persons, but so far, no luck. <laughs> Noah. Okay. Okay, well, my first issue with it is yeah. that he hasn't asked, should I play? He's asking, what level should I play? And that can be folded into other mini comments he makes throughout. So he's a 22-year-old guy who's got a fiancé. He's just bought property. Yeah. And he is still in a position where he is going to, I presume, work all week to pay the mortgage for the house. But he's not, is he? He's not. He's living a fucking Peter Pan life. This looks like, on face value, it looks like a self-aware question. But when you actually yeah. like lift the hood on it... Let's dig a little deeper. Basically, this guy has said, I could play any level. Any level. I own property and everyone else at the club is shit and yep. here are the reasons why. Yep. What should I do? Mate, by, have, by a look, way, have a look in the fucking mirror yeah. for starters. Yeah. Just because you probably look good. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, how did uh, you get a woman to like you? <laughs> how did you get a, a woman? How did you get a woman? Noah. <laughs> My question back to you is, how do you, how did you get a woman to like you? In my head, this is this is Noah. In my head, this is Noah from the Notebook. This is Ryan Gosling. I mean, he's written, "I'm am a 22 year old who's just purchased a house with my fiance." Like the, uh, the, I was waiting for the relevance of that. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's it's why just I thought to it was buttress gonna... the idea that. Yeah. You know, look, I am a I'm, person of significance and yeah. capability yeah. in life. 
I've got a lot of questions about a 22-year-old affording a house. Yeah, and also I've got questions about a bloke who's playing fourth 11. Yeah. When we, as we've literally just stated earlier in the show, if you're a better cricketer than someone, Melbourne. you're a better person than them. Melbourne's so if he's in the fourth suburbs. 11. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I have my choice of levels to play yeah. that I'd like, but I just have to contend with these character assessments I've made of people and just try and figure out, you know, who is the, the least worst option for me. Noah's to, a pathological to, liar. I, I've got the same um, impression. He is only playing cricket because he's playing for the uh, the night of the year where strippers come to the club. Yes. Uh, and he's in a uh, – he, he he's, he's cheating on his fiance. Yes. With those strippers at the club, yes. they turn around and still playing cricket. It's actually a really devastating story for the family. I'm am a 22 year old who has just purchased a house with my fiance, and what's the details of that purchase as well? Both na- both names, yeah. both names there. Who's uh, who's who's funding that Noah? 22, 22, fiance. out of suburbs Melbourne, still good going. He's cashed out. He's cashing the chips. Mm. 22. 20, 22. 22. Fio- 22 mm. engaged mm. and with a, and with a property. At a cricket club. And he plays fourth 11. Mm. Fuck that. Mm. Let's look into that. Like, I'm getting married at 22. Yeah. Well, or shortly. Mm. And I own property. Like, all, all roads lead to a life, you know, like a mm. the guy that Bill Hicks was talking about. Look at my house. Look at my family. You mm. know? We got a lot invested in this ride, and yet, <laughs> yeah. and yet he plays fourth eleven, fourth eleven Why? proper wheelie bin. Why shit. is he doing that? Now is this his, is and this he's is also with his mates, and this isn't great. This isn't Premier Cricket. No. Obviously, he no. uses the Out nomenclature yeah. first eleven grade, so yes. he doesn't know how to talk. But he also said wheelie wheelie bin park shit. He has he has prefaced that in the beginning of the of the anecdote. The question: Why is he still playing he cricket? Doesn't, like, he doesn't play with mates. So why is he at the club? Strippers. He could be like a – yeah, it could be strippers. Sorry, I haven't acknowledged that you said that. It could be strippers. I'm wondering if he's if he's one of those guys. I don't know if you ever came across these. I had these uh, at some of my clubs, like a um, a want-to-be Liberal Party pre-selection candidate who <laughs> got around in um, – No, I like, never had that. Oh, I reckon there would be a few at your club. but uh, Yeah, no, that's, not, that's surprising, yeah. but I – yeah, like who who'd get around in like a um blue, like in in blue like light blue button up Ralph Lauren, um light coloured chinos, boat shoes or R M Williams, driving a a black BMW SUV with a Joey sticker on the back. Oh, or some oh, that was, oh, that was me. <laughs> no, who didn't ever go who, to Joey's? Who like um. Who, <laughs> I just like the school. I like the colours. I like the sticker. But they, this person um, would always present themselves uh, to the outside world, world via social media, etc., as uh, you know the, the next pre-selection candidate um, for that lower North Shore seat or whatever. Right. Like okay. so, it would be a um, a Stepford wife, yep. you know, or fiance. Yes. The dog would be a Labrador high end sort of god tier level yeah. dog. Uh, <laughs> there a bub on the way. Mum doesn't work. Um, and, you know, and I also engage with the community via my cricket pursuits. Mm. 
Now, this is more like vape huffing Melbourne outer suburbs stuff, but right. I'm still seeing the signs of like like a 22-year-old with property who engages in the community with cricket, mm. uh, who for whom, you know, he has the attitude of a liberal pre-selection candidate mm. to everybody. Everyone else is shit and I'm doing really well. The truth is that it's dungeons and dolls and ponting jerseys and worn jerseys and turning them over. But we, <laughs> it, it, a lot about this doesn't make sense. Like the, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, Noah. It's not adding up. But thanks for your question anyway. Yeah, thanks get, anyway, Noah. Get, getting your uh, hashtag TGC into the emails. Obviously, wasted Saturdays as well. We need your clips uh, for our YouTube show. Uh, thank you very much to Ali. Thank you very much for, to Rob for joining us. Thanks, as always, for supporting TGC through a patron and listening to this show. As always, so much happening here on the channel before we get into the final stages of this World Cup. Thanks, as always, for joining us. See you guys on the internet real soon. Cheers.